Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Oh my, oh my, oh my, oh my. A pleasant good Tuesday morning to each and every one of you. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. Before we go any further, is there something wrong with our monitor? Is there knew, something wrong no, with it? I knew he was going to say What that. is going on there? There is not. Sometimes the TVs just do that. It is perfectly fine on the I, internet. I mean, I look like the orange man. <laughs> you do, but I, I knew for a fact. As soon as that came up, I was like, Tom's never seen this before. He's going to do what I did before the show cool. started. Well, I can got news for you. No one sees that but us. Yeah, it, but what you see on the right-hand side is okay. okay. For those yeah. of you wondering what we're talking about here, <laughs> in the middle monitor where I can see myself, it's one of our two camera shots here. <laughs> I mean, I've never looked better. I look like I just got off the beach in, uh, in the Florida Keys. But wait, 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 wait. Before we go any further, we got lots to dig into here today. All right? Why? What happened? Casey. Yeah, Tom. Yesterday, look, I mean, we said you got to, you know, you got you to gotta pray for your fellow man. Okay? Even if they're your worst enemy, which you are at the very top of the list of the friends list. Okay. Yeah. And people that I have person a, a deep amount of, of, of feeling for. You're a good man. You're a kind man. Thank you, Tom. You're welcome. Yesterday, you were as down in the dumps in our year plus working together as I've ever seen. Off the FC Cincinnati loss, everything that's happened to Joe Burrow and the Bengals and everything. And you said it's the worst year in the history of Cincinnati sports. I did say that. Well, now a little more bounce in your step today, Casey. Yeah. I'm glad to see it. I, I am ready to get hurt again. <laughs> I'm ready to go through all the stages of grief one more time. Hurt so good, right? Hurt so good, Tom. I'm back. I'm all the way back. I just didn't think Jake Browning had it in him. I really just didn't think he had it. But now we got to debate whether or not he's closer to one side or the other. And I think I'm going to start leaning maybe – a little more optimistic okay. along right. And what's okay. crazy is nobody in this office said Jake Browning That's could true. do it. No yeah, true. no one. No Let's wait on that one. Let's hold that thought, boys and girls. We come your way Monday through Friday, 10 and 12 P. And this is like this is like a finely tuned now army regiment. <laughs> Ready to go. No excuses, no China dolls, no nothing. You can find us every single day on YouTube, Chatterbox Sports page. Are we on Twitter, yay or nay? Yes. At Seabox Sports. That's right. Or if you'd rather join us in podcast form, search Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Now, did anybody out there see this coming? Maybe no one else except our main man, the CEO of Chatterbox Sports, Trace Fowler. You want to take a bow? Not yet, no, no. I, I, I'm. This is, uh, this is one of those ones where you just, you don't kill it at the front end. You Fair just enough. let it minger. I mean, this is gonna go on for years, Tom. Okay, just no, don't years, let them, don't Tom. let them get hot for the rest years. of the years. This was the guy. If you weren't around, you, you weren't a friend of the program yet. When this season started, and everybody knew that Joe Burrow wasn't a hundred percent. Even Jamar Chase said, you know, I don't think the dude's a hundred percent. Trace was saying, look. Why not give Jay Browning a chance? That Browning at 100% might be better than Burrow, whatever he was, 60%, 70%, I don't know. A lot of people called him a madman, called him terrible names all over the internet, all over X and Twitter and Facebook and whatever else. This was a beaten man. And look, 
After watching Browning last week, his starting NFL debut, he turned it over twice. He sacked four times. They lost to Pittsburgh. It was bad. But then came last night. A Monday night matchup against the alleged, and I say alleged, mighty Jacksonville Jaguars. First place team in a crummy division. It was Jacksonville's first Monday night football game in a dozen years. No chance, most said, for the Bengalis. Right? Casey? Wrong. Wrong. In truly, and I have to say this, I, I, I can't say this, we get a little sarcastic, but I sincerely mean this. That was one of the most unbelievable performances under the circumstances that I have ever seen. I have broadcast tens of thousands of sporting events, and that's not an exaggeration. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody that just completely shook me to the core of how extraordinary he played last night than Jake Browning. He was 32 of 37, 354 yards. He threw for a touchdown, longest play from scrimmage by the Bengals this season, by the way, on the touchdown to Chase. He ran for another score. And led the Bengals back to 500 on the year, a thriller. 34-31 win in OT. Zach Taylor said at best he lit the world on fire. The game plan called for a commitment to the run for the first time all year long. It took them 12 games to figure out maybe, just maybe, it's not going to be rough sledding against the third best run defense in the league. Maybe we ought to try to run the ball a little bit. Thank God. Well... You, you give the glass eaters a chance to eat some glass, and they ate some glass. The offensive line showed up, coming off the ball, opening holes for Mixon, opening holes from some dude named Chase Brown. Anybody ever heard of him? Has anybody ever heard of Chase Brown outside of going on the injured list for two weeks? He was hanging around healthy for about eight or nine. They pile up 156 rushing yards against the third best run defense in the National Football League. That is double their average in the prior 11 games this season. 156. Now the defense, they weren't great, but they were good enough. Everyone figured the opposite would happen last night. Jaguars, good running team, although I would bet the ranch at ATN is not all the way healthy. He'd have gotten the ball more than 10 times. But that didn't happen. When the Jags did run, they stopped the run. Now, sadly, and look, we've, we've been there with Burrow this year. Trevor Lawrence, for Jacksonville fans, he was knocked out of the game. Now, they're calling it an ankle injury. There were some reports last night that thought he broke his fibula. That's where your shin is and your tibia down there. We'll find out more about that later today. And, of course, that was on the heels of the Jaguars losing receiver Christian Kirk with a groin injury on the very first play from scrimmage. So now we ask the question, as your good friend Obama did, is there hope? Is there hope and change now after the win for the playoffs? The Bengals are 6-6. Six and six. They have back-to-back -back home games coming up against Indianapolis and Minnesota. Those aren't teams that scare the daylights out of you. Now, Indy's playing well. But both of those teams are backing up quarterbacks, all right, playing the backup. In fact, you look down the road. The Bengals have 
five games left this season. They have six wins. In five of their six games, or four of their five, when you throw in the Brownies and now the Steelers, all four of those games are against backup quarterbacks as we sit here today. Okay. Can you see the Bengals winning four out of five? Get to 10 wins? We'll discuss all of that and more coming up shortly. In college football, they've never seen anything like it since they've opened up the floodgates to this transfer portal. Over 1,000 players are in the portal on the very first day, shattering the record of 750 a year ago. We know all about Ohio State quarterback Kyle McCord. Rumors are floating around that Oklahoma quarterback Dylan Gabriel might be on the move. Lots to come and lots of players' movement over the next month. The finalists were named for the Heisman Trophy Award last night. Quarterbacks Michael Penix Jr. of Washington, Bo Nix of Oregon, LSU's Jaden Daniels. They will be joined by Ohio State star wide receiver Marvin Harrison Jr. The winner will be announced Saturday night in New York City. As of right now, all four of those players, in theory, will play in their team's upcoming bowl games. Of course, Penix Jr. is the only one who's playing for a chance at a national championship. In college basketball, Xavier. Big time one tonight, Tom. What is uh, Delaware's nickname? Are they the Fighting Hens or something like that? Uh, I do not know what Delaware's mascot think, is. I think yeah, Jackrabbits, is that a thing? Or that's North Dakota? I think Delaware, South I think they are what, 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 the something hens. I want to find this out because I'm, this is I'm one of the great up. nicknames in sports. I mean, Joe Biden would know the answer to this question. But what are they? They are the Delaware Blue Hens. Blue Hens. The there blue we hens. go. I knew it. I knew it was something like that. The Thank Blue you. Hens versus the Blue Blob. The Blue Bloods. Well, yeah, two Blue Bloods tonight. Xavier hosts five and three Delaware tonight at the Centos Center. Muskies at four and four, hoping to, you know, build a little momentum, which they did the other night. Played Houston very, very well at home. They lost by six, but that's a top five team in the country. And the Muskies are well aware that the unbeaten Cincinnati Bearcats are coming to town on Saturday night in the Crosstown Shootout. Elsewhere tonight, some good games. I don't know anything about Florida Atlantic. They're ranked 11th in the country. They take on number 20, Illinois, on a doubleheader in New York City. 23rd, Wisconsin, fresh off a huge win over rival Marquette, goes to Michigan State. 6-1, Indiana at Michigan. And the nightcap at Madison Square Garden, a good one. Number 9, North Carolina. Squares off with fifth-ranked UConn. All right, boys. It's all about the Bengalis today. All about the Bengalis. This was just an unbelievable... It was just a great game. You know, and I was saying to these guys before we got started today, I got to tell you, and I, you know, I rarely ever say much about announcers. I know how hard that job can be. And it's so subjective. There are some people that think this guy's great. And that same guy stinks, somebody else thinks. And it goes on and on and on and on. It's just your own, you know, your own opinion. But I will tell you, and I moved myself to actually text these two guys last night. Joe Buck and Troy Aikman have no peer as far as a team is concerned, in my very humble opinion. They have been together for so long. They are so on top of their game. They know everything going on with these two teams. They clearly are working at it. But they also have a lot of fun. 
they'll make some jokes. Some of them you might like, some of them you might like, not like, but they're very easy and comfortable to listen to. So many of these guys now, it's just one guy trying to be one thing, one guy trying to be another thing, and you have two individuals running in lanes uh, simultaneously. These two guys are an outstanding team. It's the best chemistry. It's the best chemistry in broadcasting. That's no it. doubt about it. They are really, really good. Um, all right, to the Bengalis. They were really good last night. Really good last night. Let's, let's just get a state of last night. I want to wait a while uh, here today before we start getting into where you think all this ultimately is going moving forward. So let's just center in right now on last night. You were the guy, and I'm going to start with you. Okay. You and Casey spelled out the word D-U-N done. D-U-N done. Both of you do. And we can find the video if we have to. Maybe. But you guys said D-U-N done. I and did. And what happened last night? I did. I, 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 I'm, I'm very pleasantly surprised. There's been a couple games this year already where the, the, the team that I root for shocked the world and won in one of the best games I've seen. The Reds did it earlier against the Braves and on that Friday night in great, at Great American Ballpark. And now you, you laugh. You, that was one of the best games ever. And now you see this last night. I predicted I, – I, I mean, I said it in joke yesterday that the Jaguars win by 80. But I thought the Jaguars would take care of business here. I thought we wouldn't score any points. Our defense would look terrible, and they kind of did. But – I did not think that Jake Browning had it in him. I was completely wrong. I was completely shocked at what I saw last night. The dude looked good. The dude looked damn good, and I've never been more – Jake Browning, I'm very sorry. I'm very sorry for the mean things I've said about you. You are a legit quarterback, and I was wrong. Last night was the most fun I've had watching a Bengals game since uh, – I guess it would be since the Bills, the Bills game in the playoffs. I, he looked better last night than Burroughs looked all season long. He's looked, he, he looked significantly better last night than Burrow has looked at any point during this season. I agree I, with you 100%. Uh, other, I said the same thing watching the game last night. He is playing better tonight than any game Burrow had played in. And look, nobody's saying he should take Burrow's job. So let's just make sure you understand that. I, I don't want to speak for you. I don't think you're saying that. I'm not saying that. But he looked fantastic. He did. And outside, and, and I'll say this, I was, I've been very hard on Zach Taylor over the past several weeks. Zach Taylor knew what he was doing, looked, mm -hmm. at least appeared to look like he knew what he was doing last night. Outside of the very worst play call in the history of sports. Two of them. Outside of, oh, that, no. out, outside of those two play calls, which I'd argue, I mean, again, in the history of organized sports, you can't find two worse play calls than that. Well, maybe the uh, shovel pass to <laughs> Maybe the shovel pass is third. Um, Who was that dude? Outside of Morgan Stanley, yeah, and <laughs> yeah. touch the ball all year. Never mind, we digress. Outside of those two plays, outside of the Tyler Boyd thrown across his body over the middle of the field straight to a Jaguar, Zach Taylor drew up a perfect game plan yesterday. It was it was absolutely phenomenal. I was at a friend's house. We were celebrating all night long. It was phenomenal. It was absolutely phenomenal. Good for the Bengals. Good for the team. Good for the city. Good for everybody. Listen, Tom, on the show yesterday, you make the you make the Obama joke about about hope. That's what I was talking about yesterday. I just wanted to see something from That's the Cincinnati right. Bengals to give me a reason to sit in a chair and tune in for the last six weeks of the season and be excited every time that they win. And they did exactly that. All the things that we asked for the Cincinnati Bengals last week, they did this week. We asked them to run the ball more. 
They did that. We asked Chase Brown to be a part of the run game. They did that. And if we're going to sit up here and talk bad about Zach Taylor, as we have in, in past when he, when he deserves it, then he deserves all the credit for, for what happened last night too. Like he schemed yep. a game to get Jake Browning 350 yards and score 30-plus points on a, on a playoff roster in the Jacksonville Jaguars. So he gets credit there. Jake Browning looked incredible. He really did. I mean, the, the fact that they had enough confidence in him to, to kind of get him moving early with the, the passes behind the line, all the screen plays. I mean, they ran like 20 screen plays yesterday. But then start passing it downfield. And when they did pass downfield, he looked really good. I think they two drops on top of the five uh, incompletions. It was one of the most fun games I've watched from the Cincinnati Bengals, as he said, in, in my entire fandom. I mean, it's reminiscent of the Ryan Finley game against the, the Pittsburgh Steelers a couple years ago. Backup quarterback against a really good roster. It's reminiscent of, of a dominating performance of the offense that we've seen from the Bengals against the 49ers earlier this year yep. that we saw against the Bills. It was all around just exactly what you needed for the city to kind of uh, jolt back the heartbeat that is Cincinnati Bengal fandom just to give them a little bit of hope going forward. I don't know where we go from here as fans. I don't know where we go as a team, but it certainly gave a little bit of a beat towards towards the hearts. Reed called for hope. All, all Reed said yesterday on the right. show was just give us hope. Just give me a little bit of hope. And they've brought myself, in case he's about to speak here, but I imagine they brought him all the way back as well. Somebody else on this show, and I don't want to hurt my arm patting myself on the yeah. back, said the Bengals would win last night. He did. Trace? He did. Tom. Trace said that? No, Tom. He no, might Tom. He Tom might have. Somebody said they were going to win. win. Nobody. I'm just, I'm just thrilled. They, sh you know, I just, I just, they showed up. You know, they looked like a football team last night. A football team that wanted to compete. A football team that wasn't going to back down. A playoff team, even that first series of the game. I loved it when Taylor went on fourth down at midfield. Yeah. Why not? Why not? You're five and six. You're a 10-point dog on the road. You got a backup quarterback in the game. You got a defense that couldn't stop. Mount Washington Wee. <laughs> Why not? I loved it. They didn't get it. Jacksonville goes down the field, scores a touchdown. You're going, oh, boy, here we go again. Lawrence is slinging it all over the place. But they regroup. They hold it together. And I'm with you, Reed, 100%. Nobody gets on Zach Taylor more than me. And I did during the game last night. I don't know why sometimes. And he's not alone. If you watch every team like we watch the Bengals, if you root for the Chiefs or you root for the Bills, you root, it doesn't matter. If you watch every play, you're sooner or later going to have a problem with the play caller. Every town does. Doesn't matter who it is. The two plays with the wide receivers throwing the ball, it was just, in, just straight insanity. <laughs> I mean, you know, the three plays prior to the first one, if you remember, they had run the ball for like 11. They threw a screen for like 12. They throw a slant for like nine. And now on first and 10, you're going to get cute and have Chase throw the ball. Then you back yourself up against the chains and end of drive. And you're sitting there, what are we doing? And then in the second half, again, you, you, you got this thing rolling. Your quarterback's playing great. You're starting the second half. You just stopped them on their first drive of the second half. And you're asking Tyler Boyd to throw a pass and it backed up inside his Tyler Boyd? Browning was 32 for 37 for 354. You mentioned a couple of drops. Yeah, right? 32 drops. of 37. They asked Chase 
and they asked Boyd to throw the ball last night. They were one for two for minus seven yards in an interception. What are we doing here? That's the only quarrel I have with last night. What are we doing? I, 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 I can't defend the, the, the two trick plays, but I always do talk about when people complain about play call, quote-unquote, like, what's this play call? Why are we doing this? That it all just matters if it succeeds or not. I mean, if one of those passes goes for 50 yards, I mean, Zach Taylor's the smartest guy that's ever, well, that's that's ever coached right. a football game. That's right. And Aikman said that, but they also followed it up with, I mean, Aikman said exactly that. If it works, you look like the genius. Right. But then Aikman said, but when it doesn't, and under these yeah. circumstances, it is not good. Not good. And I mean, I always say, well, if, woulda, coulda, shoulda, if a toad had wings, he wouldn't bump his ass. Right? 100%. Okay. So, what's your state of, yeah, get that, write that down. <laughs> I won't be long. I, I just think that. Take your time. Uh, we have two hours. Listen, we have solace. no guests today. I'm a solace kind of guy. <laughs> I think that if you watched that game last night, I don't know how much of that was really truly a fluke, to be honest. I think you have a smart quarterback that's been in a system. Yep. And I believe wholeheartedly, and this is what I've said time and time again, and maybe it's just because, and again, I go back to what I've watched. I've watched football for, for a long time for two guys. I watched Aaron Rodgers play a long, long time. And I fortunately finally got over the mountaintop as a Georgia football fan with who? I've watched Matt Stafford come through. I've watched five-star after five-star after five-star come through Georgia football and never be able to get it done. And who, who got it done? A guy named Stetson Bennett. And what did he do elite? He was better than anybody at two things. One, knowing the offense, being prepared, knowing how to check into certain things and get yourself lined up in the right spot. And then just making routine throws. He never made unbelievable throws that made you think, oh my God, this guy might be the next Peyton Manning or he might be John Elway. But what he did do was he delivered the ball on time and he knew what he was doing. He had a plan. And that's what Jake Browning had last night. I didn't watch that game and think Jake Browning was like unbelievable in regards to talent, right. but he knew what his plan was. He knew, hey, I got one-on-one -on -one coverage on an out route over here against T. Higgins, against this guy. I'm throwing him the damn ball. And he delivered on time. And that was, it was that simple to me, Tom. And the second, like the solace part is, not only did I think it was a fluke, I don't think the Bengals really executed to where it was like, oh my God, what happened? Like they didn't go for four, they didn't go for it on fourth down five different times and get it all five times. Think about the opportunity where they made a horrible, horrific turnover, right? In the red zone, as you mentioned. And then they followed that up by, and I'm not trying to kill Dax Hill, but like you can't not intercept that ball. Yeah. That's an interception what has to be 10 times out of 10 in the NFL. And not only did he not intercept it, he allowed the guy to catch it for a touchdown. Yeah. Minimum, like you got to knock it down. A 14-point swing, you know, if you want to think of it that way, to a certain extent. So with all that being said, you go on the road, you play a Jacksonville team that's 8-3, and three, and you could argue that you really didn't play perfectly. And you gave the other team an opportunity to get back in a game when realistically you didn't need to. And you still won. You still found a way to win. And the only, and this is the crazy part. If you give me the Bengals defense from last year and you just said, hey, Jake Browning, you don't need to be anything special. Just go out there and, and do what you've done. And 30, listen, he's not going to do 32 for 37 again for 354. It's just not going to happen. But he can be methodical. He can be Brock Purdy-esque, which I know he's the MVP leading candidate. But my point stands that he is knowledgeable enough with his offense, Tom, that he can win games by just being serviceable. And you got enough weapons to allow him to be that. So the running game was the reason he was yep. successful last night too, yep. by the way. Like yep. if, if you can't run the ball, those play action bootlegs, 
all of those things that were allowing him to get guys wide open, they're not going to happen. So they're going to continue to try to run the ball. Can they? We'll find out. But the defense is, is – if, if I were to be pessimistic, the defense has to be better for them to win football games. No doubt about it. I mean, it, you know, I, I, I don't know how long it takes – and look, he's forgotten more football than I'll ever know. But when Christian Kirk went down, you know, the one kid had not caught a pass all year long, right? Washington, the rookie. He has to take over for Kirk. He ends up having a great game. Good for that kid. He was the guy who made the touchdown catch in the end zone. First NFL touchdown after getting his first NFL catch uh, a little bit earlier in the game. He played well. But, I mean, once Kirk went down, I just don't understand. And, and I don't, I'm not going to claim to know enough about it. Because I think Anna Rumo is an outstanding defensive coordinator. I just think he's short on talent. I don't think their linebackers are very good. They can't cover anybody. They can't. You say whatever you want. Logan Wilson leads in interceptions among – that's fine. Half of those are the, the, the quarterback's making a terrible mistake and he threw it right to the guy. Not every one of them, but a lot of them. He's a good player. And Pratt at times is a good player. But, I mean, Evan Ingram, every time you turned around, that guy's catching a pass. But, well, I'm going to stay away from some of that. We're going to stay away from some of that for a while. But I'm with you on the defense. All right. The floor is yours, Casey. I mean, you have gone from the outhouse to the penthouse overnight. Please, young man, share some of the view from the penthouse. Yeah, um, I thought Jake Browning had a fantastic game. Um, much to Trace's point, I do think a lot of it had to do with establishing the run, something that we have been asking for all year, where he ran it 30-plus times. I mean, what more could you have asked for? This is a balanced team. It was always built to be a balanced team. And they proved it last night. Yeah. Um, that was a team that had been one of the best at stopping the runs all season long. And we ran it down their throat. Yep. Chase Brown added a new dynamic to the, the run game, which made it more explosive. And then having T. Higgins really opened up the pass game more than people realized. I mean, we were getting one-on-one -on -one coverage with Jamar Chase. They had to stack the box to stop the run, leaving Jamar open on that touchdown. There's, there's no reason as to why a defense should ever allow Jamar Chase to be one-on-one -on -one with anyone. And they proved it last night why you don't do that. I mean, the dude went 140 and a, and a touchdown for 70 yards. I mean, excellent. They were challenging Jake Brown right there too, though. Yeah, like, I mean, they, 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 they were like, "Hey, let's see if Jake Browning is going to actually try to throw yeah, this ball." Right, and, and, yep. and he did it, and Chase and he did said what he didn't even see him catch it because he got hit. He made the comment after the game, "Never saw Chase catch the ball." And what the thing too that I don't know if anyone listened to the press conferences afterwards, but one of the big things that he talked about in there was last week versus Pittsburgh, he identified two major flaws to his game. Staying in the pocket way too long, not making a decision, which caused the sacks. He kind of cleaned that up a little bit. There's still some mistakes. The second part was eye discipline, which he didn't know his protections. He didn't know whether or not a guy was hot or not, a la the TJ Watt sacks, stuff like that, that happened where his eyes were all over the field. This week, they focused on figuring out those protections, putting in Heavy protections with Drew Sample up running Most back. Of the game. Okay. Yeah, six-man protections, seven-man protections, allowing him to run play action, which worked very well because of the run. And he played a fantastic game. 
I mean, I, it was very Brock Purdy-esque. And if that's the way it's going to be the rest of the year, man, the, the, the team is going to look really, really good. My hope is that they take this game and continue to try to emulate the exact same game plan for the rest of the season. Because what they showed me was that they imposed their will on a team that their strength was stopping the run, that's Tom. Right. That was their strength. That's and right. we just dominated them. You're spot on. I mean, Third just, you know, may, I mean, and look, I, again, I'm going to sit here and sing the praises of Zach Taylor today mm-hmm. and Brian Callahan and whoever else is involved, even Frank Pollock. All right, people like to beat down the offensive line coach. This looked like a real offensive line. They, 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 they had sample in there a lot, extra protection, extra tight end. And, and if you heard some of the comments made by Aikman in their visit with Jake Browning, he had made the comment that in five-man protection, we had a lot of problems against the Steelers. Right. The Steelers are an elite pass-rushing group. Jacksonville's pretty doggone good, too. That Allen guy's an animal. Yeah. But, um, you know, they decided, okay, just look at the difference in game plan in one week. And, 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 and this is where I struggle because I want to give all the credit to this group for doing an about-face and having a totally different game plan last night than they had against the Steelers the week before, which was no game plan. But then there's a part of me that says, how is it taken 12 games to figure this out? That we might be able to run the ball against teams. That we can run it more than eight times with our running back. And then to sit in a press conference after the game and say, that's tough sledding against the Steelers. That's what you're going to get. I I don't want to hear it. Neither do you. Neither do the players. Do you think anybody in that Bengals offensive room wanted to hear the head coach get up in a press conference after the game and talk about how tough it is to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers? To score more than 10 points or run the ball more than eight times because you know why? We just can't do it. It's tough sledding. How has it taken 12 games when you're averaging 75 rushing yards a game? People can say whatever they want about Joe Mixon, man. And again, I'm going to quote Aikman last night. Now, this was a guy who watches him on film. He sees running backs all over the league year after year after year. And what do he say about Mixon? This guy can play. I've always loved the way he plays. He was there in the pass game. He was there in the run game. He's got passion. He's got life. He's got bounce in his step. He's not one of these guys that's knocking on the door 28-29, and he looks like he's 41. And he's been that way all year this year. Why is it taking 12 games to figure that out? That's a legitimate question. The other part to this, Tom, is this was the first time that Chase Brown really had an opportunity to even touch the ball. I mean, I was just looking at stats. It was the first time. It it, it really was the first time. I was just looking because I thought, well, maybe he had a few carries that maybe deterred them from – Did he have – he had less than 10 carries all year going into this. He had two. He had two. He had two carries, one for two yards and one for four. And then this week, I I don't know what got – into, the, into their water that said, all right, we're going to let Chase Brown run the ball a few times, see what happens. And then they, they ripped one for 31 yards, which we talked about this too. Like the run game isn't 
you know, five yards, four yards, five yards, four yards. It's two, one, 31. And then they have to start respecting you because they don't want you to rip off another long run. And then it goes from there. That's what the Bengals need to strive for moving forward. It, it is a serious question, though, Tom. How have we not tried this sooner? How have we not gotten to this point sooner? Is it really just Travion Williams and, and – and, uh, can't remember the other backup Chris guy, Evans. Chris Evans, that they, they're not good enough? Like, I yes, have, it's that, that's, they're it's hard not to, good enough. They've been it's here hard three, to believe four, that, five though, right? years, and they never, they never play. Now, they've had some injuries, but, I mean, basically – and, look, I'm not in the meeting room. I don't know. Okay, so, you know, I, I kind of hedge my bet on some of these comments a little bit. Uh, but, look, we saw Chase Brown in the preseason. He wasn't great, but he wasn't bad. He was there every day. He was healthy. He was fine. He got more carries last night than the entire running back room had a week ago. He had nine carries for 61 yards. Last week, Joe Mixon had eight carries for, like, 30 yards. Now, you mean to tell me all of a sudden that offensive line got out of bed on Monday morning yesterday in Jacksonville and they're all of a sudden good run blockers? I mean, maybe. I don't know. Do you know? Yeah, well, one of my biggest issues with Zach is that it seems like there's never consistency. He can dial this game up. He can dial that 49ers game up, and then we can play the Steelers and look like we're inept. And that's the part I, I've never understood. It We've never looked consistent. I, I, I've said it when we win games during last year during the streak. It seems like he picks and chooses, and maybe I'm just a stupid fan, but it just seems like it's still it's always been inconsistent with him. If they, if they do what Casey says, and they run this exact same scheme for the next five games, they are going to have success. They are going to have a lot of it. Chase Brown not seeing the field until week 13, pathetic. It's bad. I don't know why they didn't do it. I don't understand it. I don't understand the logic behind it. And Maybe he think, wasn't shown anything at practice that we're not seeing. Well, he did I, miss a couple of games hurt. And that's fair. But at no point should you not have a backup running back to Joe Mixon. Samaje Piran was an avid part of the offense last season, and they've had nobody back there. Yeah. Joe Mixon shouldn't be having the ball, given the given the ball eight times for thirty yards against the Steelers. They, they should have they should have heavily pursued the run game. They didn't do it. Now to credit Zach, he did it last night. It's, it's the run game. Charlie said it yesterday on the show. The Bengals aren't a run-first team. That's not how, that's not how they were made. Right. This, is, this is a pass-heavy team. Reed said it earlier in the year. But it's made to complement the pass game, and that's what happened last night. You get the play action. They think you're going to run? No, we're going to now throw it. Jake Browning looked good. So I, it, it just helps the offense become what this is, and that's a damn good team. But let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, Reed. I, and, and, you know, yeah. as I'm watching the game last night and I'm watching the game plan, and again, we'll take out the two quarterback throws, but the rest of it was almost flawlessly called. It was a play caller who was the aggressor and who had said, we're coming after you here tonight. That's what Zach Taylor did last night. He was spectacular calling the game last night. And it's not just because they won. They, 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 again, they just looked like a complete Football team. Here's what worries me, and you said this on the show, as Elliot just, you know, what made me start thinking last night, and again, I keep going back to Aikman because I, I've worked with the guy dozens of games, and I know how prepared he is. I know how much film he watches. I know that he can look at a guy and, and a quarterback in situations or offenses in general or defenses in general, and he can make observations that most of us will never know. Mm-hmm. Okay? 
And when he made the comment last night, you know, this Bengals team, and he was talking about how poorly they had run the ball all year long, and he didn't see the run game last night coming the way and executed the way it did. And he said, you know, this Bengals team, as you said, they, they are a pass-first offense with Joe Burrow there. I just wonder if they haven't gone too far in that direction moving forward. Uh, certainly, yeah. I mean, you, way too far. Yeah, yeah no doubt far. about it. Like, like, listen, when the team is built the way it is, with Joe Burrow at your quarterback and you have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd, you can't blame the Bengals for looking at their, their personnel and saying, hey, we want to be a pass-first team. That's all well and good. But to the point that everyone in Bengals fandom and everyone in media here in Cincinnati has said, you got to have the run be a part of it. Listen, the three times that the Bengals have scored 30 points this year, they ran the ball 27 times, 31 times, and 34 times. So there's a, there's a pretty evident correlation between running the ball and scoring points. Same last year in the playoff game against Buffalo. Correct. There's a pretty clear correlation. And as for the, the, the game planning that everyone's talking about with Zach Taylor, which I thought was very good, um, there was two elements to the game plan last night that the bang that was new to the Bengals. I think they can replicate one. I'm not sure if they can replicate the other. So the one that they can replicate is the run game. Obviously, being a part of it, you know, just just handing the ball off to Joe Mixon, who fought for extra yards all night and has all season, giving the ball to Chase Brown to kind of be a different change of pace back. They can do that again. They can replicate that. One thing that we haven't talked about on this show yet that they brought up on the broadcast last night that we joked about before the game kind of exploded was the first eight passes that Jake Browning threw last night oh, yeah. were either behind the line or two yards beyond the line. They didn't, they didn't try downfield. So it was almost like the, the Bengals' offense was kind of rope-a-doping yep. the Jags, yep. saying, hey, listen, we're, we don't have a whole lot of confidence in our quarterback. We're just going to dump it off here, dump it off there. Maybe our talent can, can get extra yards. And it worked to varying degrees, enough to the point that the Jacksonville Jaguars had to kind of commit and go, all right, these guys aren't going to try and test this downfield. And then that's when, boom, the offense started to explode. They started looking downfield. Now, that was a beautiful game plan, and it's, and it's the reason that the Bengals won last night. I'm not sure you can do that again. Like you can, I'm not sure that you can get a team to fall for the same trap. Like, ah, we're just going to dump it here, dump it there, dump it here, dump it there. All right, now we're going to go downfield because you're starting to, to recognize that we're just going to throw screen passes all night. But it'd be I'm, worth trying. Correct. I'm not sure they can do that again. Maybe they can. Maybe you can get a, a, an NFL defensive coordinator to fall for the same trick twice. But the rope-a-dope, I'm not sure, can work. But it's, it, seriously, the, the run game was as, as influential to this Bengals game plan as I've seen it all year. And as I mentioned, three times they scored 30 points, they ran the ball around 30 times. So. And, and the other part of it is, and again, this is where, I, you know, we've joked a lot, a lot, okay, whether it's Irv Smith Jr., okay, and he's my guy. Or whether it's Drew Sample, your guy. Yeah. Tanner Hudson's a legitimate tight end. Very good. Pass catching tight end. That guy can catch the ball. Mm -hmm. He is a threat in the passing game. I'm not saying he's the next uh, 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 Travis Kelsey or the next Tony Gonzalez or the next George Kittle. But this guy is a bona fide receiving threat. The tight end position, which was not existent on this team the entire year, again, I asked the question. We've gone the whole year not seeing a commitment to, to, to really wanting to run the ball. Okay, well, if your philosophy is, okay, you know, we're a pass-first team and you got Joe Burrow, great. 
and it's worked well last two years, you know, you, you go to back-to-back AFC championship games. But there are people that are paid a lot of money, whether it's Duke Tobin, whether it's uh, the tight ends coach, whether it's the offensive coordinator, whether it's a head coach, there are a lot of people that are paid a lot of money to make personnel decisions. Tanner Hudson was not even on the active roster for three quarters of the Bengals games this season. In the last five games, he's caught 22 passes. Why do you think that is, Tom? Because... I, why do I think that is? I think I think it's probably a combination like it is in most sports with, 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 with most right. things in, in life. Let's start with follow the money. Okay? They're paying Irv Smith Jr. a decent salary to come in as a tight end. Right? Yep. You are hoping he's going to be that guy. It makes the GM look good. It makes everybody who made that decision look good if he comes in and plays good. Right? All yep. of a sudden, he's a non-factor. You don't even know he's on a team. He gets hurt. Then all of a sudden, you know, you, you stuck with Sample and he can do some things for you, his strengths blocking or whatever. My same thing with Wilcox. You've kind of kept him around. But you're watching in practice every day this other guy. Now, you mean to tell me that, that there's not somebody, maybe there was somebody who didn't have a loud enough voice in the room to say, you know what, guys, we've gone now four, five, six, seven games in the season and we're not getting anything out of the tight end position. Why not try this guy? You know what the difference is between Irv Smith and, and Hudson is one athleticism, where they got drafted, where they came from. And there you, know you go. What the, do you know? Listen, you know what the one thing that uh, the mention the man that you mentioned before that Travis Kelsey and Tanner Hudson have in common, Tom? What do they both have in common? Do you know? If Who? you don't, that's okay. Tanner Hudson and Travis Kelsey both have this in common. Do you know? Both made if you don't pop stars. No, they both they both were former quarterbacks, uh, and and, there you and, go. and they went to college to be a quarterback. So they obviously have a understanding of zones and zone coverages, yeah. and they have it. They're smart. Smart football players matter. And yep. I mean, at some point, yes, the whole and the RAS score is. There's no doubt the NFL. You have to be unbelievably uber athletic, and you have to be one of the top one percent athletes in the world to play the sport. That is inarguable. But last night. And again, you'll continue to see this throughout the NFL. If you have guys that understand an offense and understand what they're trying to accomplish when they're out there, and they're not just sheerly hoping that their athleticism is going to be the difference between being good or bad, you have guys that are going to break through. And I'm sure in practice, Tom, it's hard to emulate what Tanner Hudson does great, You're right? Probably right? What are you going to do in practice that shows him, oh, he knows how to read this zone and he's going to be able to fit right in between these two pockets yep. and catch the pass? No, they're just going to run some They're going to run some drills and they're going to look to see, oh, look how high he jumps or look how fast he can make that cut. And that's not what Tanner Hudson's going to do great. And to like the last point that you were making earlier, money, and I'm not saying that it's all money all the time, certainly not, but there's no doubt that money plays a part, where you get drafted plays a part. And the last point I'll make with the whole running game and the, and the Joe Burrow thing you, pitched, you just paid Joe Burrow the most money in NFL history for a quarterback. That plays a little bit into your decision-making on whether or not you want to sit there and you want, you want to hand the ball off 35 times in a game. I don't care what anybody tells me. That goes into your mental as a play caller. And on top of that, you could say, I mean, the biggest malpractice, I'm not trying to say, oh, look how true. The biggest malpractice that they made this season was what they watched Joe Burrow and they decided to try to run him out there in the state of condition he was in, and they they eliminated half their playbook, and they continue to try to push this narrative that this is what they can do instead of just running the offense. Yeah. Instead of just doing what you're supposed to do when you're out there, and you know what that we just paid this guy a billion dollars, 
we, I mean, we, if he wants to play, who's to tell him no? Well, you know what? I think you are spot on in that observation about you gave Burrow the money. But here's the thing, and I keep getting back to Aikman, but this time I'm getting back to Aikman as a player. The legacy of Joe Burrow, okay, he might one day go into the Hall of Fame as a, as a quarterback, okay? Just like Dan Marino is in the Hall of Fame as a quarterback, a quarterback who never won a Super Bowl. What is going to be the legacy as a leader for Joe Burrow when all is said and done? What is going to, what is going to keep him healthy in the long run over the 10 years of this contract? Okay, so those two questions. What's his legacy? Winning two. What's the best chance of keeping him healthy and living up to the $270 million that you're paying him? Okay, the first part, right, is very simple. It's all about winning. It's all about winning. We could sit here and talk. Go look at Troy Aikman's career statistics. Compared to some of the guys now, and it's a different sport than when he played. But his touchdown to interception ratio, his number of touchdown passes, they aren't in the same stratosphere as the top 15 or 20 guys that are in the Hall of Fame as quarterbacks. But what's Troy Aikman remembered for? Winning Super Bowls, three of them. And more times than not, the all-time leader in the history of the National Football League in touchdowns scored is Emmett Smith. Not how many touchdowns did Troy Aikman throw, it's how many times did Aikman help get him down the field and then you turn around and you hand it to Emmett Smith. You blow guys off the line of scrimmage and Smith's into the end zone touchdown. We win Super Bowls. Nobody's going to talk about Patrick Mahomes and his stats. At the end of the day, they're not. They're going to talk about, did he win? And that's what they're ultimately going to say about Burrow. Did he win? The big one, the Super Bowl. So, you start with that. His legacy, you have to be able to do other things besides throw the ball 40 and 50 times a game. You got to run it. You got to run it some, more than they are. Two, keeping him healthy. Is your best chance of keeping him healthy throwing the ball 40 times a game or throwing it like last night, 35, 32, and run it 25, 28, 32 times. So, look, maybe we're, we said when this whole thing happened after Burroughs' injury that we're going to learn a lot about a lot. We're going to learn whether Zach Taylor can come up with new game plans to help Jake Browning and this team. Okay? He whiffed in week one. He gets an A-plus last night. Okay, so he's one for two. That's 500. All right, that's when one lose one. Because they should have scored 17 points against the Steelers. And that's directly on Taylor and the game plan. Last night, they put up 30 plus against Jacksonville. A lot of that had to do with Taylor and the game plan. I give it up to him. We also said we were going to find out about Jake Browning. Never had a chance to play. 23 career transactions. Picked up, signed, released, picked up, released. Practice squad released 23 career transactions since he left Washington. Never had a chance to play. 
First start last week, he wasn't that bad last week. He made one bad decision, threw a pick that was a bad pick. Outside of that, he wasn't too bad. But they didn't do anything to help him. We learned last night that he might be better than average. He might be a lot better than average. We'll find out. Okay? And we said we were going to find out what the character of the team is. Okay? They played hard against Pittsburgh, but they stunk. They stunk. They looked like a team that wasn't ready to compete and to play. Last night, they looked like a football team. And again, give it up to Taylor. I'm giving it up. This is my Be Nice to Zach Taylor day because he's earned it. He earned it. And the team earned it. So I'm going to give it up to him. That's, that's the thing about off the bench. If you're on your game, we'll say you're on your game. If you stink it up, we're going to say you stink it up. But, 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 but you, these are very serious questions looking down the road. Not just next week and the week after, but looking at what do the Bengals want to be? And because of money, is money going to determine how we call games? And is it going to be what are Joe Burrow's statistics moving forward? Or is it going to be the only stat that means anything? And that's winning the Super Bowl. What's it going to be? I think it should be winning a Super Bowl, Tom. I think that's what they should be focusing on. And I know we want to sit here and act like they built this team to be a pass-heavy team. Last time I checked, they paid Orlando Brown, Ted Karras, Alex Kappa. Yep. And those guys, by definition of the offensive line coach, Frank Pollock, are glass eaters. They love to hit people. So let's run the ball a little bit more. Let's be a little bit more balanced because – Clearly, you can still have the stats of a great passing quarterback. 350 yards and a touchdown. You also ran in a touchdown. I mean, those are great stats. They're, I mean, I, mean I, I don't know what, what more you would want. This was one of those games, guys, like we talked about what the Texans did to the Bengals. Yeah. This is exactly one of what those they games for the Bengals on offense. They throw for 350. They run for 150. Yeah. That's a big-time game. <laughs> Tom, there's there's no doubt about it. it l listen, if I fought against everyone and about the uh, everyone's harping, we need to run the ball more. We need to run the ball more. And I always said, listen, this team, as Charlie said on the show yesterday, as we've talked about earlier, is that this team is built to pass the ball. I still think that passing is going to be the the key to success going forward. But it's 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 clear as day, Tom, that that running the ball. <laughs> just being a more balanced offense, as funny as it is, we all know the, the secret to it. Being a more balanced offense leads to more success. You know what I like about Jake Browning, Tom? Is uh, I don't know if you saw his postgame um, comments about what, what he said. People were talking to him about winning an NFL game, and all he said was, listen, he's, I've won a lot of games. He's like, you might not have seen it at, a, at the NFL level, but I think he's Pac-12's all-time wins leader. He is the country's all-time pass leader in high school. Yep. Touchdowns that they said on the broadcast yesterday. This guy has a lot of success. He has a lot of confidence. You can see that even when he got a the start. A humble confidence. Yes. It's confidence. It's not yes. cockiness. It's right. confidence. Yes. yes. And even cockiness isn't a bad thing. It, it, it can be to an excess, but it can it can still be a, a major key. And, and this guy has a lot of confidence in himself. Like when he, when he got the starting role, he said, we're not going to limit the playbook for me. I love that. Yep. 
Now, we all we all harked, said, hey, let's limit the playbook for him. Let's run the ball a little more. But you love a guy that says, I don't, I, I want to run the same offense as Joe Burrow. They clearly didn't. They clearly changed up the game plan. But just the confidence to say, like, listen, I'm, I'm an NFL quarterback, too. I've won a lot. I've had a lot of success. Give me a little bit of a, of rope and see what I can do. And he, and he showed it last night. They schemed up a perfect game plan to, to open up the defense, you know, run the ball a lot, throw it behind the line, get the defense uh, coming in, creeping in on the line, then we'll start going downfield, and it, and it paid dividends. You, you know what's points. so interesting about that whole thing is, I mean, I, there were so many things. I don't know about you guys at home. and may in my mind sort of wacky and screwed up sometimes, and I find myself thinking about stuff that really, at the end of the day, who cares, right? But, but looking at, at this offense last night, and here we are talking about, all right, and we're going to wait to get to the rest of the season after 11 o'clock. We're going to really start looking at these games moving forward after 11 o'clock. So it's coming up in about 10 minutes. But, but, but one thing that, that I, I, I sat there and watched last night, okay, T. Higgins was basically non-existent. He caught, what, one or two passes maybe, right? Okay, yeah. and, and that isn't a knock on T. Higgins. I'm not saying it was his first game back, okay, and they must have done a nice job covering him. Chase had a monster game, including the big longest uh, play from scrimmage for the Bengals this season, almost 80-yard touchdown. When you, when you watch, and this goes hand-in-hand hand with what we're talking about, about what this offense might look like down the road. And I know that next year and all that, you probably don't want to hear about it, just like I don't want to hear about the last two years. But last night, when you're sitting there watching, Boyd wasn't a huge factor, right? Really wasn't. I mean, he was, he was there. He was good. He wasn't, he wasn't like Through an somebody. interception. What's that? Through an interception. Well, okay, besides that. But you know what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> but look, Boyd is a free agent. Higgins, you're going to have to make a decision on what you're going to do. And there's no way on God's earth the Bengals are going to pay him $20 million next year, knowing they got to play Chase the year after and Burroughs contract if they want to field a team that has 22 guys on it. It ain't going to happen. Might be a sign and trade. They might tag and trade. It may be something, but Higgins is not going to be here next year. Or, or, or if he is, they won't beat anybody. So when you watch last night's game, with all the stars we talk about in this Bengals offense, Chase, Higgins, Boy, Burrow, all that, is last night a foreshadowing of what they could become? Chase monster game, you get really production out of the run game, you get good production from the tight ends, and maybe you have a receiver or a couple of other receivers who can haul three, four, five passes in a game for 50, 60 yards, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Right. And, and one week they'll break out and go for 110, mm -hmm. right? Like a Valdez, Scantley, somebody like that. Right. You know what I'm saying? Is that what we're going to see from the Bengals offense or maybe what we should see from the Bengals offense moving forward? Yeah, I, I, I would say so. I think, again, this is no knock on Tyler Boyd, but he's, he, he hasn't been great all season, I'd say. I would say he's been uh, less than his prime self. For sure. I don't think that's incorrect to say. T. Higgins, again, I think T's a very good wide receiver. Yeah, he's very, very good. But you're seeing right now that you can do this without him, and I think that's important. You can use other guys. You can use the running back, too. Joe Mixon had 50 yards receiving yesterday. Tanner Hudson, again, a guy that nobody knew his name, nobody knew where he came from. He has 20 catches over five games. You're able to do this if you have a good enough offensive scheme, and that's what they're building right now. That's what they've built. So do I think you need three elite wide receivers? No. It certainly helps. 
but I don't think you need it. And I think you could, I think you can certainly do what Tom said. I don't think you need to go out and get the best wide receiver in the world to back up Jamar Chase because you have Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase is going to catch 10 balls a game. He's hopefully going to get 100 and X yards a game. You can dial this up where you don't need three elite wide receivers. You need a solid run game. You need Jamar Chase and you need Joe Burrow or, or a good offensive scheme. And I think that's, that's the key here. Well, yeah, I, I'm going to push back a little bit yeah, on that gonna... because T. Higgins, uh, with all due respect, this is the first time Jake Browning's got to play with his full yeah, complement right. of receivers. Right. This is the first time Jake Browning got to. Last week, he didn't play. You want to know when T. Higgins played? You want me to read you the, the games he played? Uh, we'll start with Tennessee, which obviously was a snoozer. But after that, they played Seattle. Uh, they played San Francisco, yep. Buffalo, and then he's now back with Jacksonville. Is there a, there's a common thread there. I don't know if you know with all those games. Now, I, I'm not here to say T. Higgins was the sole reason that they won those games. But with T. Higgins, they are one, two, three, four, and one. Four and one for a team that has six wins. So I, I think that the, the full complement of receivers is a big deal. There's a reason last night that T. Higgins was able to run an out route on single coverage, and that's because Tyler Boyd's in the slot, and they got Jamar Chase on the other side, and yep. they don't have enough guys on defense to play bracket coverage on all those guys. Yep. So it definitely matters. And you throw in Tanner Hudson yes. in the mix, and, and now you got a, you got a full fleet of guys to be able to utilize it all comes down simply to this with this Bengals team that we've not talked about a whole lot, is this defense has to get better. It has to get better for them to, to, to make a move, not only this year, but also next year moving forward. I'm not saying that the offense is completely figured out just because of one game, per se, but last night, with all due respect, they, they allowed a, a backup quarterback, and I get it, Jake Browning's backup too, but they allowed a guy come straight off of the bench and go 80 yards or whatever it was and I don't know, they did, did they score a touchdown or they kicked a field goal? Long story short, they had a lead. And by the way, let's not forget about Money Mac. Like that's, I'm not saying he's yeah, the best he's, kicker yeah. of all time, but Jesus, that dude does not miss kicks that matter significantly. If he misses either one of those kicks last night, they have no chance to win. So, you know, we've gone whatever, 58 minutes, and we've not brought up the fact that he's, it's almost like he. Well, we know, we know he, what he is. I, but that's the thing that's crazy is like sometimes it's like we. we yeah. I don't want to say we take that guy for granted around here, but that doesn't happen in this league a whole lot. Well, Guys you, walk you, out there and bang fifty-five yarders. You do yeah. take them for granted until you have somebody who can't do it. That's right. I mean, you know, for all the 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 accuracy numbers, whatever they were, who's a kicker? I'm thinking of Randy. Bullock. Randy Bullock. Yeah, I mean, oh, you know, God, he's made a lot of kicks in his life. But every time the Bengals needed the guy, and I'm not beating him down, but I mean, every time that they needed him to make a kick. It seemed like it didn't happen. Every now and again, it would happen. They chose he, they he chose famous, him over Jake Elliott. Yeah, remember we? I know. We, and Jake Elliott was uh one kicked the kicked the field goal to win the Super Bowl that year that we drafted him. But uh, remember, Andy Bullock hurt both calves on yeah. on Joe Burrow's debut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that, that's a fun. But awesome. anyway, yeah. But you're right. I mean, McPherson <laughs> is, and we said it on the show last week. He is the only guy up until last night, and it's only one game, so I'm not. I'm doing my best not to get carried away. McPherson is the only guy who has lived up, him and Chase, are the only yeah. two guys that have played as well or better than they did last year. Every other position group, defensive line, even though guys have career numbers in sacks and all that, teams have run the ball down That's their right. throat basically. Linebackers, secondary, young, got it. Offensive line, running backs room, quarterbacks room included, Burrow included, wide receivers room are not as good this year as they were last year. McPherson has held up his end of the bar. That dude, man, is on it. Are you ready? Are you on it for some ad reads? 
I'm ready. Are we time. doing weather today? No, just we're going to do a when quick When the ad. sun came because out yesterday late in the afternoon, I thought I had died and gone to I was wondering, yeah. would we ever see the sun again? Yeah. We're in one of those stretches right now in Hamilton. Yeah. Not necessarily in Cincinnati, but in Hamilton. Where the sun don't shine. Mm. I mean, mm. how is a lawnmower man making a living? I don't know. I honestly, I, maybe, hopefully he bet a lot of money on the Bengals last night responsibly. <laughs> That's the only thing I can think of. I hope, I hope that was it, though. All right, Casey, all year. We come back. Now we're going to start getting into hope and change. That's a perfect segment for the other four guys sitting in this room. Perfect. Hope and change. That's right. Do the Bengals have hope? Have you changed your mind about their chances for the postseason? Reaching the postseason after watching what you watched last night and who is on the schedule over the last five weeks. Do you have hope? Do you have change in mind? Casey, please, the floor is yours. Thank you, Tom. And I want to also just quickly mention, we have like 300 people in the chat currently right now. If you are liking the show at all, if you like the conversation that you're hearing. If you don't like it. And if you don't like it, Please leave a like at the bottom or a dislike, depending on. Well, how we're you're not disliking. No, we're just gonna like. I but think we're just gonna like. like. Yeah, yeah. We're just gonna like. We want to get more people in here, so yeah. just hit the like button. Yeah, hit the like button. Hit the no, like button. No dislikes. No dislikes. Share it with your friends. Can That's we, right. Casey? Can but, we go over some? Can I go over some super chats real quick? Go for it. Because I think we have to catch up a little bit. Uh, <laughs> super chats, yeah. So Swaggy Plague, he says. What's he say? Bow to Trace. His boy Jake Browning is legit. I, I've still now. Can I'm, I get ahead of this for a second? I'm still waiting for the victory lap, and you've yet to start. No, I'm not going to do the victory lap because I can just continue to just just say hey every so often, just kind of bring it up. You know, that's what you do when you get something right this much. I mean, normally when you talk about things, you don't get a chance to be this right. Like, I, you can't be more <laughs> right. Hang you on, can't be on. more right than what I was. But I want to get ahead of this and say, listen, guys, <laughs> I, I am not times. suggesting. I am not suggesting. That, that Jake Browning is better than Joe Burrow. Never have I said that. I don't believe that. I don't think anyone in their right mind believes that. So let's get that out of the way. Let's also suggest that next week, there's a very good chance that Jake Browning doesn't throw for 300 yards and you know complete 30 passes and be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I just think the more I've watched football, and again, I'm not suggesting this is the only way to fix a problem, but a lot of good franchises or a lot of quarterbacks that come in that surprise you have what in in common? They've been in a system for a little while. They've sat behind somebody, and they've 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 literally invested three years of their life, understanding the influence of how you matriculate a ball down the field with this specific way of doing it. And that's what Jake Browning has done. Like the whole the whole notion of bringing in someone like AJ McCarron or or, or who's the other all these other guys that oh, this guy was in the XFL. It, it's not about that. Like they, they don't understand the nuances of the offense. Of a, and do you really think in your right mind that the, that the athleticism and the skill set between the 40th best quarterback in the world and the 45th best quarterback in the world is that big of a difference? You can win games by just being smart and intelligent and taking care of the football. And that is exactly what Jake Browning's job is. And I've argued all along. In a one to two week stretch, a guy that sat behind Joe Burrow or sat, been in the system for three years can do that. This isn't rocket science. So, am I, do I think that he can go win the Super Bowl? I don't know. I know that the Bengals could actually make the playoffs if their defense was the same one they had last year, and maybe they can figure it out. That's my thought. Okay. All right. Ben Riley, 
he puts a uh, $10 super chat in. I want to thank Paul Brown. He wants to thank Paul – you mean Mike Brown. I want to thank Paul Brown said to Zach, if you don't give Mixon the ball, you're fired. Well, it worked. To quote a great philosopher, a win – a win be a win. Sun Tzu, probably. Nice. Paul Brown, it definitely meant Mike Brown, right? Yeah, I, mean, I think he yeah, definitely meant Mike Brown. Meant Mike Brown. Casey? Maybe he meant Paul Brown. Yeah, he, he meant Mike Brown. Unless he's Maybe talking he about PB's ghost. Maybe he's saying it's the ghost of Paul PB's Brown. Yeah, PB's ghost. PB's ghost. Uh, Chase Heitkamp, he put a, a $1.99 super chat. I just nominated Elliot for American Idol. Hiss. If, if, if you're a fan, hiss. If you're a fan of Jake the Snake Browning, everybody please, in your homes, if you're if you're by yourself, probably would be better. If you just hiss to, the, hiss <laughs> to your computer. Hiss. Could you, uh, ma- could you imagine doing that in your in, in a cubicle <laughs> office right now? Just some random person just hissing <laughs> over the uh, Swaggy Plague, uh, 100 likes, and Elliot will promise good weather. Yeah, I, I, I will promise good weather. I, I will bless this city with with nonstop sunshine. That's what I will do if we get 100 likes. Uh, Steve from Chicago, 499. This is Nick Foles vibes written all over it. How many mm. quarterbacks will there be left healthy come playoff time in the AFC? Lamar, Tua, Mahomes. It's, on, it's a fair question because the injury bug in the That's NFL it. right now is at an all-time bad. That's it. Those those are the three. All-time bad. Who, who would have guessed that the, the healthy quarterbacks end of the year would be Lamar Jackson and Tua? That's wild. Boy, that's a good point by you. Chi-Town Real Estate, Trace, who's better, Love or Browning? Browning. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> uh, and Robert Brown says, could Jake be another Tom Brady? Sure. Who's going to stop him? Right. You never Only know. Himself. Only himself. You never know. You know what's funny about that is, is when you really stop and think about it, is, is I'm old enough. You guys aren't old enough. I'm old enough to remember when that whole thing happened. And you got you to gotta remember now. Um, is this on? Yeah, you're on. We're good? Okay. Yeah. I mean, Drew Bledsoe, while not maybe the elite of the elite at the time, okay, he wasn't Joe Burrow. And nobody is suggesting for a second. D- please, just hear me out a second. But when Drew Bledsoe was the quarterback of the Patriots, he was a really good player. Really good quarterback. Compare him to one today. Like a Kirk um, Cousins? I would say he was, uh, I would say, but it was a different time. They I know, weren't throwing the ball saying... as much. Yeah, uh, yeah. Probably Cousins is probably a good one. Okay. Uh, maybe a little more body wise, like Herbert, big okay. guy, strong okay. guy, slinging around. Uh, capable of explosive he numbers. He was a high draft pick, right? And then, yeah. yeah, big yes. first-round pick out. I think it was Washington State, I think. Um, but but this guy was one of the, you know, higher-level tier quarterbacks in the NFL, and then he goes down. And in trots off the bench, this dude who some people knew who he was because he played at such a high-profile program at Michigan – and went to the national championship at Michigan, all that kind of. But the bottom line is he was at, what, sixth-round pick? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And, and Patriots fans are going, oh, my God, we're dead. We're dead. Well, over the next 20 or whatever it was, 17, 18 years, uh, no, nobody ever talks about Drew Bledsoe anymore. Right? Now, I'm not, again, I'm not going down this path that that could happen here. What I am going down is, is that it's not – it's not like things like these haven't – Nick Foles for a lot of the younger generation is a guy you remember, right? Okay, Trent Dilfer. Now, very different guy, very different than Browning. Again, high draft pick, 
I'm not mistaken, he was out of Washington State too. High draft pick with Tampa Bay, number one, blah, 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 blah. Might have been number one overall. And, you know, he just couldn't do it. So he ends up accepting a backup job. Down goes the quarterback in Baltimore. Here comes Trent Dilfer. And off they go and win the Super Bowl. Now they had the greatest defense in the history of the game. But this is, it's not like something like this hasn't happened before. Where a guy comes in, shot in the arm. You know, by all accounts, everything you read, that the players love this guy. They love this guy, Brownie. They've seen his commitment. They talked last night. Many of you, if you haven't, again, and I alluded to the athletic a lot, there is a story written about two weeks ago before he started against Pittsburgh about Jake Browning's whole story since coming out of Washington. And they alluded to it a little bit last night. You know, you're on a practice squad. You're not making much money. You're the number three guy. He's still spending what money he's got to try and get better and working with all these gurus and in the offseason and how much time and work and effort. And the players that he plays with, they see this. And that means something to them. It means something that a guy at 26, 27 could put on his hat, grab the clipboard, back up one of the top three quarterbacks in the game, and just kind of cruise and have a nice career. Be a backup guy forever. And that's a hell of a career if you can hang around long enough. It really is. But the guy, the, the, the players around him really like him. And Trent uh, Dilfer, thank you very much, Steve Ross from Fresno State. Um, but look, I don't know. We said this, and Trey said at the beginning of the year, I mean, would you take your chances with Browning at 100% instead of Burrow at whatever he was? We said before the game against Pittsburgh, I don't know if Jake Browning's going to be any good. You don't know. Nobody knows. Zach Taylor doesn't know. And then what we saw last night, does it give you hope? I made, I made reference earlier. Let's start with this, okay? Right now, and I know some people are going to say, oh, my God, we're not going to do this. But after you win last night, you go to number 10 in the playoff rankings, and they take the top seven. Okay? You're behind Houston because you lost the head-to-head. -head. Okay? You're behind Denver only because Denver has a better conference record. Denver is 6-6. Six and six. Houston is seven and five. Denver is six and six. Denver is three and five in the conference. The Bengals are two and six in the conference. There's a really good chance that the, that the Bengals, every game they've got the rest of the way except for Minnesota, four of their last five are against AFC teams. They can go by Denver in the conference record and beat them in a head in a head in a, in a tie break. Another team that is ahead of them at six and six is Indianapolis or 7-5 Indianapolis. They played them this weekend. Okay? If you beat them, both teams are 7-6, and six, you've won the head-to-head. -head. You've got a head-to-head -head against Buffalo. You're one game behind. One game behind now. Right? Cleveland and Pittsburgh, they're 7-5. and mm -hmm. five. Yep. Correct? Okay. Yep. Those are two teams that are ahead of you. You've got five games to go, and you play two of those teams, three of those teams, forgive me, of your final five. You play three of them. You play Indianapolis this weekend, 
Gardner Minshew, they're playing great. I think they've won three or four in a row. They're playing very well, and he's having a good year. He's a dependable, reliable guy, okay? But he's a backup. You have Minnesota at home. They can't decide if Joshua Dobbs is going to start ever again after that performance the other day. Okay. We know you have Cleveland, who just brought in a 38-year-old off the street to be their quarterback because Deshaun Watson's out for the year. You got the Steelers again, who I don't know what the deal was Kenny Pickett. He just had surgery, and, and I don't know when he's going to be back, if at all. Mitchell Trubisky, how are we looking? Okay, and then you got Kansas City. I don't know what Kansas City is. I know they're not scoring. We talked about it yesterday. Eight points fewer per game than this time a year ago. Their defense is much, much better. Something is missing on offense, and people in Kansas City know it. They know it. They're worried. They're all of a sudden, they're not there in the top two anymore as far as home field advantage. And Mahomes in his career has not had to go on the road and take that team to a Super Bowl. They're getting all those games at Arrowhead. So, you know, is it, is it possible? Does 10 wins get you in the playoffs? I say in the AFC, absolutely 10 wins get you in. I, think, I, I was just thinking, <clears throat> I think it was a few days ago that Zach Taylor stood at a press conference and uh, there was the question that was asked, hey, are you concerned about losing the locker room? You know, what, what, what's the mindset going forward? And, and he said that, no, we're, we're still focused on the playoffs. And without question, and, and reasonably so, at least half the fan base, if not more than half the fan base, and maybe the entire world laughed at that comment, right? Like, okay, is this a serious take that you have? The one thing that I take away from last night, maybe just as much as everything else, Tom, is that they did compete and they cared. You know, you can say whatever you want. Oh, you got to be a pro. You should be a pro. This, that, and the other. That's not always the case. Look around the league. That is not the case Every sport. And and, and it goes for, like you said, throughout the history of game, you can tell when some teams pack it in. Zach Taylor, we've made fun of him. We've also said that that we've kind of joked about the culture thing from time to time. If there is something to say about anything that happened last night, they did not roll over and die whatsoever. And they, they had an opportunity to when they gave up the, the – they didn't get the first down on that. When they went for it for fourth down and they gave up a subsequent touchdown and you could have just said, oh, here we go. We're playing a team that's 8-3 and three on the road on Monday Night Football who has a franchise quarterback. And they didn't do that. You look at the rest of the schedule, Tom, and uh, again – Maybe one of those games, I could argue, two of those games, I'd argue it's going to be tough sledding. And I would say those are the last two games of the year. I think the Browns are a very difficult matchup, and I also think the Steelers are a difficult matchup. The Chiefs are a situation right now where, in my opinion, if you have a decent defense, the Chiefs are beatable. They are beatable. They they're still have Patrick Mahomes, and that's a big thing. But outside of him, they are not the same team. So, I don't know, Tom. I mean, if you're asking the question, can they make the postseason? The answer is yes, but it's still a little bit of a long shot if we're being honest. I, uh, I'll, real quick, I'm going to put this super chat in. I think we all know the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Uh, Robert Brown wants to know, could Joe Burrow return for a late playoff or for no. a late playoff no, push? He no. He could not. And even if, even if he could. There's still it, no timeline on that, by the way, which is weird. That is weird. Um, even if he could come back hypothetically, you've seen what he looks like when he's somewhat hurt. That was the first four games of the season, and it's not good. So if Jake Brown can get us in the playoffs, he'd be our guy, no doubt about it. Uh, to answer Tom's question, I do think there's a chance 
for a uh, for a postseason berth at ten wins because you have that you would have the tiebreaker of the Bills, you have the tiebreaker tiebreaker over the the Colts, presumably the Colts, right? Yeah. Uh, the Browns are an interesting one because they might not be having to play for anything week eighteen or week seventeen. You wouldn't have the, the tiebreaker over the over the um, Browns or the Steelers. You're but not, not going to have that. You're not going to have it. You're on not going to have that, even if you, you can split do is with split them. them and That's then, right. And then it goes to conference record, which they'd blow us off yeah. the water. So yeah. if we were, it would be the last spot. We'd be the last spot in the playoffs. Would be that seven seed. Uh, I do think it's possible. I, I I look at I look I go down the line, and which is funny because yesterday I thought it was dead, but today we're back, and that's fine. That's NFL, as Jolly Jolly said in the chat. It's a week to week league, and this week we happen to be all the way back, so yeah. that's fine. If we were to win ten games, if we were to show, I, I guess the only loss would be Kansas City. I think we're in the playoffs. I think you're in the playoffs, and this team could potentially make noise. There is an injury bug in the NFL, and at this point, the AFC is wide open. And I made the point last week, I still believe it. The AFC is more wide open than it's ever been. Uh, so to, to answer all the questions about – to answer Tom's question about can 10 wins get you into the postseason in the AFC, a couple weeks ago I was a little shaky on that. I just did a simulator – it has the Bengals, if they win 10 games, at like a 75% chance okay. to make the postseason, which okay. seems fitting. Yep. Because if it came down to tiebreakers or the Browns or Steelers, obviously they wouldn't get in. Um, to Can the Bengals do that? Yeah, you, you look ahead. I asked I asked everyone in the room, I said, what would it take for you to be all the way back on the Bengals bandwagon? We all agreed uh, two wins would get us there. Maybe maybe two wins in another <laughs> another close game would get us there. Well, that process has been expedited overnight after one game <laughs> against the, the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you're already thinking, oh, if you beat the Colts, you kind of get in this situation. Let's, let's worry about winning this Sunday first. You know, <laughs> you look at the, the road ahead, and it's all backup quarterbacks yep. other than Patrick Mahomes. And I know everyone is down on the Kansas City Chiefs. They don't look like the Kansas City Chiefs of the past few years. Well, they still got a top eight offense and a top five that's defense. Right. That's right. So, and, and they've got a generational quarterback, one of the best to ever do it. So that, that's still a very tough thing to do in, in Arrowhead. But the Bengals have done it before. Um, yeah, you just got to take it week by week as you look ahead. I mean, you can't you can't win one game, be six and six, and start start saying, "Oh, we're gonna make the postseason. We're we're, we're gonna get in." You got to win the game in front of you, and that is a home game against a backup quarterback against a team that also wants to get in the postseason. And the Indianapolis Colts, who are playing well, funny enough, we've got a we got the Washington quarterback versus the Washington State quarterback, so we'll have a little Apple Cup going on at Paycor Stadium this <laughs> Sunday. Um, but yeah, you just, just got to take it step by step. If they win this game, then I will start getting hopes up. I will start getting um, the idea that maybe this team can make the postseason. I'm not there yet. Though they showed everything they could have to make you believe that this team could make the postseason in just one game last night. I mean, every game now, though, the one thing last night does do for you, if nothing else, and, and we joke a lot about it, I joke a lot about it, 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 it gives you something to look forward to. No doubt. I mean, you know, after the game last Sunday, right. we're all sitting around here going, man, you know, and guys like Casey, Mr. Orange and Black Rose Colored Glasses, is spelling D-U-N done. Elliot, D-U-N done. And, 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 you know, I'm ribbing. But, but, but most of you felt the same way. You know, tank it. Let's go for some draft picks. Let's start, you know, moving and shaking. To your point, Tom, nothing uh, resembles that better than the price of tickets uh, for the Colts at Bengals two days ago was $40 to get in. Up to the get-in price is up to $81 now. So they've, they've, they've doubled their price in tickets. Nick Mormon puts a beautiful chat in here to, to wrap up exactly what we're talking about when we're talking about Bengals postseason hopes and all these things is the Bengals could very well go 4-1 and one 
over these last five games and, and get in at 10 and 7. On the other end, they could easily go 1 and 4. That's right. Like that is just as likely, if not more likely, as as the, the former. So it could go either way. We are just a, a ambiguous mob right now, blob of just a team. We don't know and, what we're going to get this yeah. Sunday. It could be the Steelers game all over. I mean, they, they could get blown out by the Indianapolis Colts. That, that could happen. They could blow out the Colts. That could happen. I really – I have no idea what to expect going into Sunday. Have and we Trent, undervalued the safeties? I, I, I Genuinely. Like, I, so, I, 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 we, we, we sit here every week and we're like, well, what's changed? What's changed? This defense, guys, like, <laughs> they're not good. Like, it's not even a – they're, they're not average. On. They're bad. Yep. They are bad. Yep. So, it's so like – it comes, it comes down to do you want to pay – 18 million dollars for a safety well i'm not saying they should have or shouldn't have this isn't the debate my 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 question is this my question is is like are they that much worse because of those two guys and the only logical answer is 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 yes at this point so if you go off pff grades which isn't the end-all be-all but it is a decent place to look at at production from a player tom has been harping on this point all season long and and pff reflects this the linebacker crew and i think everett henry put this in the the chat earlier in the show said the linebacking crew had a, a, mid, a PFF grade of in the eighties last year, Jermaine Pratt and Logan Wilson. Both of them are sitting in the mid fifties right now. So a major step back from the linebacking crew, although they are getting takeaways at an unprecedented clip, or at least they were earlier in this year. We haven't seen that in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Nick Scott has, has been a black hole on this defensive unit. So the loss from Von Bell to Nick Scott certainly took a hit. Dax Hill, though he did make a misplay last night, um, has been pretty good. He's been good this year. Yeah. And, DJ, and DJ Turner. He's um, getting there. Has, has, he's getting there, right? He's he, Battle, getting there. Right, right. My bad. Jordan Battle, not DJ Turner because Jordan uh, DJ Turner. Well, both of them, though, they're getting right. there. It's a Correct. young group. Correct. Uh, I think it was uh, Battle is the highest graded safety out of the rookie class. So you expected to take a step back. We didn't expect it was going to be this big of a step back. I still think the Bengals made the right move. I don't think you can justify paying a safety $18 million, especially when you know the contract troubles that you're going to have ahead um, with Payne having the highest contract in the league of, with Joe Burrow, and you're going to pay Jamar Chase whatever he deserves. And you're now you're looking, do we want to t- sign T. Higgins? Well, look, the, the outside looking in are the safeties, right? Because that's compared to those guys, aren't very important. It's, I, I've always said that it's probably the least important position on the defensive side of the ball. We can argue that with that and the linebackers. I don't know. But I just don't think you can justify $18 million for a safety. So they made the right decision there. Are we seeing more growing pains from the safety? Certainly. But neither here nor there. Did you just put in the chat, uh, did somebody just put in the chat, Has uh, did I miss this? Has the, uh, the game against Minnesota been moved to a Saturday? That's uh, what it appears. It's, that- it's I believe it's always been Saturday. Oh, is it? Okay. I, I really don't. Because look, after I just college football like, gets done. I think it was supposed to be Sunday. If I'm, It's, sa- it's, it's a primetime game. It's just Saturday night. Saturday night primetime at, at I believe, uh, Paycor. I believe. That's big league. I'm wrong. Yeah. Place to be jumping. But look, it, this is all that real. At the end of the day, this is all that matters. I mean, besides you want to see him win, is at least with five weeks left through all they've been through with Burrow and training camp, okay, and starting 0-2, and, and starting 1-3. and three. Then they get you excited, Burrow comes back, they go on a nice little run. Then all of a sudden, down he goes. They lose a disappointing game against Houston. Down goes Burrow the following week against Baltimore in a big, you know, Sunday night showdown. He's out for the year. You watch a Pittsburgh game, and you're going, football's dead for the winner. It's dead. 
They're dead. It's dead. Now, at least for this coming Sunday, the Bengals are still fighting to get to the postseason. At least one more week. Mm-hmm. They lose this week. I mean, let's be honest about it. If they lose to the Colts, their chances all of a sudden go from whatever they might be, and I don't know what that is, to basically Zippo. Because the Colts would then go to 8-5. and five. I don't know how many more Houston's going to lose, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and, and you got the Browns and the Steelers, and, you know, the Colts would be ahead of, you know, on and on and on and on and on. Be another chink in the armor for Denver, potentially. So, you know, every game is now going to be a game. And all you're asking for is just a fighting chance. And they gave you at least evidence that they would put up a fighting chance. That, that was the biggest thing. I, Trace kind of said it. They could have rolled over and died. And I know they're professional athletes. And I, and I know they get paid a lot of money to do their job. But when you lose your essentially your entire team in Joe Burrow, that's that's the guy, that's that's our guy. Mm-hmm. When you lose him, it's hard to show up to work the next day. Kind of like if I showed up to work and Reed wasn't here, I, I I'd probably I, I'd give up. I, w- I wouldn't even try on the show really if Reed left. But that's what you're kind of seeing. And last night, all I wanted was the fight. All I wanted is the is the chance of the playoffs. The thrill of getting to the playoffs is is, is almost more fun than being a lock for the playoffs. Just because there's always hope, there's always a chance. And right now, there is a chance. They are fighting. They're not giving up. I ruled them dead. I apologize. Shout out to the Bengals. They proved me wrong. Listen, I'm a negative fan. I get it. I'm not going to come up, up here and, and you know say, oh, the Bengals are great all the time. I, I, I said they were bad because they looked bad against the Steelers. I thought that was a game that they could have won. They showed up last night, and they shut my ass down. They shut me up. That's what they did last night. They fought to the very end. They won the game. And the Bengals are all the way back. And to Tom's point, if they do lose to the Colts, it is probably over. It is. Just because of the tiebreakers. Oh, yeah. No doubt about it. They're it not is, losing to the Colts, fellas. They're not pro- losing to the Colts. It's Can you probably get, they, over. The, the good. So, before last night, the Bengals' playoff odds were at 2%. They skyrocketed up to 10 after the win last night. Okay. If they lose to the Colts, it's back down to 2%. So, kind of right back. But you're, you're probably right. Not enough ground to, to come up. Make up where you, you want to talk about just the, the hope and, and throwing that word around a lot here in the first hour and a half. Yesterday, on a, on a day where the Bengals played a Monday night primetime game against one of the best teams in the AFC, in the AFC we talked about the Bengals for uh, less than 10 minutes. Yep. Maybe, maybe even less than five minutes. No we brought doubt. it up like it was just a caveat, like, oh, yeah, tonight, if you're not doing anything, you can yep. turn on Monday Night Football. I think the local football team plays. I'm not sure if it's the Bearcats or the <laughs> That's Bengals. Right. But one of those cats are playing playing in front of national television. And here we are at 90 minutes into the show today, and we haven't stopped talking about them. We could talk about them for six more hours if we wanted to. Well, Tom. you earned it. Right. That's right. You That's earned right. it. That's, right. That's the bottom line. I mean, everybody wants a free pass on everything. I mean, it's like the whole, you know, I, I, again, I, I don't like beating guys down. But, I mean, I'm tired of hearing about how good the linebackers are playing. They're not playing good. Nope. They're not. Everybody wants to kill Nick Scott. Everybody wants to kill Irv Smith Jr. Nobody wants to say a word about Logan Wilson. I mean, you're right about the defense. Tom, Tom. I mean, I don't know. Yes. To compare what I'm Nick not Scott and Logan them. Wilson does. I'm, I mean, saying the, I'm, say, I'm not comparing them as players or accomplishments in their career. What I'm saying is, if guys are not playing up to expectations, we had That's expectations fair. of Nick Scott, which I don't know how high they were, to be honest with you. 
I mean, he only played one year as a starter in the Rams, right? Irv Smith Jr. has been hurt forever. I'm not so sure how I are expectations. We had really high expectations for the other two. They just got guaranteed long-term deals. That's what I'm saying. Speaking of expectations, Jolly Jolly uh, pointed out something really – you see it all the time in sports. He said it's funny how – Things can change with no – he said it's funny what no expectations will do to a team and how they play. And I do think that is to a certain extent of how the Bengals played last night. I, I definitely think that they were playing to where they had a chip on their shoulder, not really a whole lot to lose. Uh, everybody already wrote them yeah. off, and they went out there and they, they performed the way they did. The question will become now there are, as you said, Tom, there is pressure now, and it, they have something to lose come Sunday. And they play a Colts team – that I, I would argue that they are just as good as, if not better than the Colts. And now I know the Colts have had maybe a better season so far this year, um, maybe a little more consistent out of the Colts. But I genuinely believe that this Bengals team will win this, this, uh, this upcoming Sunday. Okay. Well, um, uh, somebody in the, point, uh, in the chat, I, I lost where it was, was talking about how uh, – since Minshew took over, they're one of the highest scoring teams in the league. That's true. And we talked about true. this Bengals defense. Um, you know, the other thing that was non-existent last night was the pass rush. They did a nice yeah. job on Hendrickson. He got one sack, I think. Hubbard got a sack. I think they had two in the game, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Osai was in on one, but it was it really was Hubbard's sack. And, and, you know, the two guys that are really playing – I think B.J. Hill is a good, solid player for this team. Yeah. I really do. I, I think he's an underrated guy for what you ask him to do. I think he does his job well. D.J. Reader, we know all about it, Pro Bowl-level player. But, man, I just, I, I, I just sit there, and it seemed like every time Lawrence was going back to pass last night, he had as much time as he wanted to throw the football. And here we are 12 weeks in, and we're talking about, you know, guys getting a shot. And Chase Brown finally got a shot last night to play. And he played really, really well, right? We saw a battle get a shot. He's playing well. We've seen Turner get a shot. Okay, they're getting better. Where are these other defensive linemen that are supposed to be guys that rush the quarterback? These aren't guys that are just not getting a chance this year. Miles Murphy's new, number one pick. Where is Sample? Where is Osai? Where is Carter? And I don't want to hear about their getting better. Because you can watch every Bengals game, and outside of maybe one or two plays for the entire season, you never call their name. I would say this year they've gotten worse. That, that, those three guys you mentioned, I think they've all gotten a little worse this year. But especially Osai. Osai was a really important factor to our uh, rushing attack last year, and he's just been complete non-factor. I know he had an injury early on in the season that just kind of, I guess, derailed his, his season this year. But – that was the, the problem with him his rookie year. He got hurt for the entire season and didn't get on the field. Last mm-hmm. year was his only year where he was really healthy. And, yeah, you're right, Tom. There's there's uh, definitely a gap there. I don't know. I think Miles Murphy is getting a little better, but the rest of that group is still much to be desired. Okay. Another thing from last night's game, if I may, I thought, again, the I, I, I've been bashing officials. I didn't think the refs came into – into play last night, which is big. Yeah, there was Jeff. that one terrible call on Turner. Yes, yeah, it was. terrible. Terrible. Yeah, that was bad. Kept Other than that, and I think there was a questionable play with Jamar Chase towards the end. Uh, if he stepped out of bounds or not, I thought that was silly. That was like a 25-minute review. It seemed like. Uh, other than those two things, I thought the refs did well. Uh, did great. Shout out NFL. And then also, 
What's going on in Jacksonville? Trace texted us this last night, and it was preposterous. Trevor Lawrence, I hope he's okay. They walked this man yeah, who well, seemingly couldn't use his leg. They walked this man three and a half miles to the locker room. Three and a half miles they walked yeah. him out. He couldn't move. Can we get a golf cart? Can well, we get tough. one single golf cart for this man? Can, can we get – I mean, if you if you go in the stands and, and get four Jacksonville drunk Jacksonville fans and be like, hey, can you carry Trevor off the field? Like, yeah, I'm here. Let's go. Let's get him a throne and we'll just carry him off. You're right. I, I don't know. That's so funny. I don't know what the hell was going on in Jacksonville where no golf carts were available in, in, the, in a state where all they do is golf. So I, we're going to have to get that fixed. We're going to need to get that fixed, Jacksonville. I think you we know, need to ask Mike painful. Brown when the swimming pool's coming. <laughs> yeah, that's good, too. That was painful watching him it was horrible, when they Tom. took that shot in the tunnel. And for, for, for many of you that, that have never been underneath some of these stadiums, I mean, you know, when the Bengals go in, they're, they're one of the lucky teams where when they walk into the tunnel where they come out, you literally walk right, right in the yep. door and bang, there yeah. it is. Now, I don't know if they were trying to get um, uh, Lawrence last night to the x-ray room, which is not always attached to the locker room, which may well have been the case. But, but man, and, and just, you know, I just feel terrible. Yeah, there was no wheelchair. I mean, I just feel terrible for that team. They're losing two guys last night like that when you're having the kind of year like yeah. they're having. That's a shame. I mean, it was, it, was, it was like I was watching Hacksaw Ridge when Andrew Garfield's carrying all these soldiers off the battlefield, and it was, it was terrible, Tom. I don't, I, again, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. Also, super chat real quick. I have a super chat from, I believe, that one guy. That one guy says, as a residence Colts fan here, not having JT, Jonathan Taylor is brutal. If the Bengals can stack the box and get in Minshew's head, Bengals will have a good shot. I, still, I think Zach Moss is still having a pretty good year. But, yeah, JT JT's certainly lost there. You know oh. what's funny about you guys mentioned the pool? My wife – like was watching the game and she just kept looking at the pool. That's so cool. Mm -hmm. Wouldn't that be so cool to sit in the pool and watch a football game? I said, Mariana, there's nothing I'd want to do less yeah. than meander in a pool while the Cincinnati Bengals are playing a football game. Maybe if I'm there and, it, and it's two teams I don't care about, but if the Cincinnati Bengals are there, I don't want to be anywhere near water. I think that's actually hazardous to my health. Being Could you imagine water. the weirdos at Paul Brown or a Paycor Stadium getting in that pool watching a game, Tom? Getting tanked up in the swimming pool watching the Bengals. You know, I, I think they, they, if I'm betting, because I was there when we opened the ballpark in Arizona that has yeah. a swimming pool, the baseball yeah. stadium, which is still there out in right center field. And it's really, really cool. We used to broadcast games out there a couple times a year. And I've been in that pool many, many times. And it's, you know, I, I think they do the best they can. I know the Diamondbacks do. And I would assume the Jaguars, although the NFL crowd a little bit different. Yeah. I don't know if you can actually scout out the people who are going to be in there. Yeah. Right? especially at a football game. But there was one time at the Diamondbacks game where somebody must have owned a, uh, a gentleman's club that oh, rented no. it out. Oh, no. And I mean oh, the no. entire ballpark, players included, when, <laughs> when the people showed up <laughs> who were renting out the pool that night, it brought the entire stadium to a total standstill. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they want that going on. They want people watching their product on the field, not the local talent off the field. <laughs> right? That's right. No right. doubt about it. Okay. All depends right. on the record. Well, you know what? You're right. It does. And the Diamondbacks were good that year, too. so they didn't want that going on. But when you stink up the joint, maybe you ought to promote that. Who knows? If you have a hard time selling tickets, maybe you promote that. 
maybe. But I think, we digress. I think the city depends too. Like, like if, if Miami got a swimming pool, I think we'd be a little bit more okay than like Jacksonville. Well, Miami France. had that. Miami had that nightclub in the Marlin Stadium. Yeah, they did. What's it called? It's a very famous nightclub in South Beach. Uh, whatever it's called, it's something Highlander or whatever, yeah. something like that. Clevelander. Clevelander, and they put it inside uh, the ballpark. And I had some buddies actually who had been down in Florida uh, that were there when the Reds were playing, and they went out there. They said the place was unbelievable, and there's nobody in that stadium. No, but they said it was unbelievable. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, it's all boarded up. Sad. It is sad. It's a sad day in America when they're boarding up the Clevelander inside of Marlins Park. <laughs> you know, the quarterback thing is, though, is this is becoming, uh, it's becoming an epidemic. Yeah. No doubt. It is really sad. Uh, it started the first game of the year, basically the first series of the year, right, for Aaron Rodgers. Shortly thereafter, you have joining him guys like Anthony Richardson, who the Bengals are playing this weekend. He was a starter in Indy right from the get-go. He's out. You get Kirk Cousins, who goes down. He's out. You have Deshaun Watson for the year. He's out. You have uh, um, um, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. He's out. You have Joe Burrow. He's out. We went through a whole list. Who, uh, who are the other guys Sh- I'm forgetting? Did you say Deshaun Watson, and then Kenny Pickett's going to be hurt Kenny for a little Pickett bit. Kenny Pickett is out for, for quite some time, it looks like now. Add Trevor Lawrence to and that On the that opposite group. end, it's Kyler Murray, who missed the first 10 weeks of the year. That's right. That's exactly Garoppolo. right. Garoppolo. What's that? Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo's been knocked out for the year. He was the starter with the Raiders. If I told you before the year that the AFC playoffs might not have Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Trevor Lawrence, depending on what his injury is, um, Justin Herbert, and he's not hurt. I'm just, I'm just naming the guys that aren't going to play, make the postseason. Maybe Josh Allen. J- Josh Allen, Jimmy G, all these names, and it's just like, what, the, what the heck happened in this conference that was touted? Aaron Rodgers touted as having maybe the best uh, pool of quarterback talent that the league has ever seen in one conference. Yep, and, and Derek Carr, Derek Carr, Daniel Jones. I don't know if we mentioned yeah, him. Yeah, said him, but I mean, they're, 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 and there are others. We're just leaving them off for right now. But, but you, you know, you look around and you're just like. They've done everything they can, they, the NFL, to uh, create the rules in such a way, structure the rules in such a way that you are doing a good job protecting these guys. But it's a violent, violent sport played by the biggest, strongest human beings in the world. That's not an exaggeration. You can go travel around the globe, billions of people all over the globe. You're not going to find... Groups of people who are bigger and are stronger and are faster and that are paid to be angry at the person who's holding the ball. We've told this story a thousand times about, about, you know, Mike Reed, the old Bengal, looks me in the eye and says, hey, don't ever be fooled. If you meet one of these defensive guys, London Fletcher is who he's talking about. He asked me, he says, who's somebody you've met in the NFL you find to be an interesting dude? I said, man, it's London Fletcher guy. He's out of small John Carroll, small school, back up with the Rams, goes to the Redskins, one of the best linebackers in football for seven mm-hmm. or eight years. Now he's up with all the fame. I said, smart, you know, thoughtful. And Mike Reese said, well, that's all fine and dandy. He said, but make no mistake about it. And I know from which I speak, he was a pro bowler three of his first four years in the NFL and then quit. He said, when that guy steps on the field, the only thing running through his mind is to get the quarterback 
rip his arm off of his body and stuff it straight down his throat till he chokes to death. That's what you get. And it really hurts a product, man. It really hurts a product when these guys start going down. Yep. Yeah. No doubt. Listen, the, the NFL has taken every precaution to to uh, limit these injuries, right? That's why all the rule changes. That's why they've done all these things to to prevent people from getting hurt. But like you said, people are going to get hurt. That's the nature of the game. Uh, what else? Billy Deaton says, Tom, that's harsh. I didn't say it. Somebody else told me that story who played in the NFL. I'm just relaying the story. Uh, and even going back to last year, Lamar Jackson, right? All these big stars. The, the guys are going down, and you're paying gazillions of dollars. And it stinks. It stinks what's happened to Burrow. It stinks. We'll ho- hope for good news on uh, Lawrence uh, today, whatever, if we're going to learn about it today or whatever. Uh, and, and now the Bengals, in their next five games, four of them, they're facing backup quarterbacks. That's all you really need to know. Yep. In a nutshell. Mm-hmm. Same uh, league that had bounties on guys' head. That and I'm sure. It, well, I'm sure it wasn't. I'm sure it wasn't the uh, only one team that was doing that as well. I mean, God like God. let's not. There's a reason the NFL is wildly popular. It's one of the most popular sports, obviously not only in our in our country, but maybe starting to grow around the world. And it's because for whatever reason, us human beings, we love gladiator sports, boy. We, we no, you, you put two guys yeah. in a cage, you say, hey, go fight until you until one of you gets knocked out. There's a lot of people that want to watch that. You have two guys in a ring who said, hey, just fight until someone knocks right. each other out. We watch that. Next thing you know, you put a bunch of guys in pads and say, hey, just knock each other out. We want to watch it. Yep. I don't know what it is about our brain, Tom, but we love this stuff. Get in line. Get in line. It is funny, though. Like, that is true. Like, we do love watching that. But in the same jest, like, when there's a big hit on the field, I don't know how you guys react. But I'm like, ooh. <laughs> like, like, oh. it's, like, it's, oh. That hit that, uh, what's his name, made last night for the Bengals? The, the, the safety who came up runs a yeah, 4 two forty. Turn. Oh, my God. Do you think they've rolled the rules back too much, Tom, to where they've tried to protect guys so much that there's this false sense of security to where, and again, I'm not suggesting that maybe you should allow them to go headhunting, like targeting and all those things. But, you know, you like the other night on, on Sunday Night Football, you watch a guy like Patrick Mahomes, and I'm not saying he's been coddled a bunch. I'm not trying to get into this whole rationale that I'm – but genuinely – Sometimes these quarterbacks, they, they take it to the very razor's edge of allowing themselves to get hit, and then they still throw flags. So they think, to a small extent, that they're invincible. Like, listen, back in the day, if you seen a linebacker coming and you were outside the pocket, you probably just got down because you didn't want to get hit like that. It's almost like quarterbacks now know that they're so protected that they, that they allow themselves to get in dangerous spots because they just assume the defense is going to let up on them or they're going to be protected by a flag or et cetera, et cetera. Well, I, I, you know, I think you can make an argument. It's interesting you bring that up. I think you can make that argument on that one big scramble for 20 yards last night that Browning had. That's true. Because when, you know, when you're these defensive guys, now when they get out of the pocket, they're a regular runner once they take off. So the same rules don't apply that they would if the guy was back in the pocket. But – when a, when a quarterback takes off, and you saw it last night, you know, he was only about three or four yards beyond the line of scrimmage, but that was good enough to get a first down. And then you saw the linebacker or safety or somebody come up, and they were about to really hit him. And they thought he was going down. So you saw him pull up just a little. And then all of a sudden, Browning takes off. He heads for the sideline and picks up another 15, 17 yards, whatever it was. Good for him. That's smart football. But you're right. Case in point. That's where you see it. All right. We got the 15 minutes left in the program. 
two um, segments. We got uh, what? We got two segments we got to get through. All right, let's start. You start. We got we got power rankings go first, and then we got a mailbag, which we'll. we'll which oh, we'll we got up. a mailbag. A yes. mailbag. Man, all right, yeah. all right, all right. Let's go. All right, we'll uh, we'll go with the NFL power <laughs> rankings. Um, it's more of the same in the NFL after another week. Uh, a mix up. I think if you have the. I think the only top four teams you can have at this moment are the Ravens, 49ers, Eagles, and Chiefs. And I think you can mix around those top four however you like. I had the revelation last week, and I've mentioned it a billion times now, that I don't think the Eagles are the best team in the league. I didn't think that last week, and I and I certainly, after they lost and got blown out by the 49ers, don't think that. I think that they'd be underdogs against the Ravens, 49ers, and Chiefs on a neutral site. A lot of people are going to want to take the Chiefs off the top five. And I understand why. They, they don't look like the same team that they've been for the past few years. I know I get labeled as the, the Chiefs slappy on the show. But, listen, they still got a top 10 offense, and they've got a top 5 defense. I don't know why they don't get credit for how good their defense looks when other teams do. And it's because they're, they're labeled as this offensive juggernaut. But teams can mold. Teams can change. Certainly something is missing on that team, but I'll take a team that has a top five defense and the best quarterback in the league any day of the week. And then you can decide who your top, your, your fifth spot is. I'm giving it to the Cowboys. You can go with a, a myriad of teams. Okay. Uh, I'm giving it to the Cowboys. If you want to hear a fun stat, I brought this up in our Let's chat. Let's hear it. The Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Lions have fewer combined wins against teams over 500 than the Cincinnati Bengals. Wow. That's a big league stat. There you go. By a lot now, right? Yeah, just added to another. That was but even before last night. Wow. Very solid. Thanks. Both of you guys, by the way, are getting lots of comments on the distinct differences in your attire today. Well, Some have asked, is the studio freezing cold? Uh, thus, the sweatshirt, the hoodie you got going. And then others have wondered, uh, kind of like in a, in a, in a you know, uh, oxymoron sort of way. They're asking, it must be really warm in there. Yet at the same time, the headlights are out. <laughs> for Reed, but we digress. Please go ahead with your with your five. Reed, I want I, Reed. I want you to know I don't I don't look at you and, and make stop. weird comments like that. Reed, I, I don't do that. Preposterous. That's silly. Preposterous. All right, my 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 top five. Eagles are number one because they have the best record in the NFL. I think they're good. I don't. Reed was spewing something like they weren't very good. I, I that's that's nonsense. The Chiefs are also very good. Again, I'm not moving them from the top five wow. because. We go down the, the list of AFC quarterback injuries. They still got theirs. And Patrick Mahomes is the best there is. I, I, I'm not concerned about the Chiefs. I still think they're going to the playoffs. I still think they're going to win a game. Uh, the Ravens, Baltimore, again, damn good. Lamar Jackson's having an MVP caliber season. If you take away Lamar Jackson from that team, I don't know what they are. But it's not, it's not the current state because they're damn good. The 49ers, again, I wrote them off a little bit after they lost three in a row or whatever it was. Mm -hmm. They're all the way back. Christian McCaffrey is very good. Uh, we have Jake Browning Jr. over there. He's also very good. So 49ers are going to be in the NFC Championship game. You can book that. And number five, we have the Bengals. And that's with Jake Browning because the Bengals are all the way back. I've never, I've never doubted the Bengals one time in my entire life. I'm not going to start now. They're top five in the NFL, and they'll probably be number four after they beat the Colts on Sunday. They're going to leapfrog the Niners. That's right. They will beat them. They have the head-to-head, -to -head, Tom. <laughs> well, yeah, that's right. That was a tiebreaker. They'd win it. All right, let's hear it, Trace. You guys, are you Trace doing top five nope. today or no? No, no. I can, I can. I think it's as simple as this: the Eagles 
Cowboys and the 49ers all are going to have a chance to play for a Super Bowl. I'm not sure which one it's going to be. I, I, I keep leaning the Cowboys have a really good chance. I really do. I think that it's one of these inevitable years they're going to break through. Dak Prescott's starting to show. Mm -hmm. Maybe he's gotten some confidence. He does have a new system he's playing under. Um, and, and then the AFC, I think it is incredibly wide open. I, I really do. This is one of the first years where I think in the AFC, uh, the only team I would say if they stay healthy, and this is a big if, is the Ravens. I think the Ravens are clearly the best team in the AFC if, if everybody is healthy. Uh, but outside of that, um, there's four or five teams I think I could pick and say, you know what, if they get hot at the right time, they could make a run. Okay. Am I up or are you up? Yep, you're up, Tom. Well, we got your stink list tomorrow, right? Yep, okay. we'll do stink uh, list mine, mine, you know, I'm going uh, number one. I'm going with the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I, I think the Ravens are the most complete team in the league. I, I just think they're really good. Um. I think they're really, really good. Uh, Niners now leapfrog the Eagles for me. Cowboys move up to four. I have to put Miami in at five. I have a hard time uh, believing in, and we've said it all year, and they'll probably prove me wrong, like Trace just said. Uh, the Cowboys, the Dolphins, and the Jaguars, to me, are three teams that just, uh, they all had three losses going into the game last night. Cowboys and Dolphins still sitting at three. I'm not buying any of the three to make a run deep in the postseason. Uh, especially, can you see the Dolphins in those white and teal uniforms rolling into so, Baltimore when it's like 20 below? Uh, Tom, how can I you, don't see it happening. How can you say that you don't believe in the Cowboys or the Dolphins, but you put them in your top five and not the Kansas City Chiefs? Because I really think that there are issues with Kansas City this year. I really do. And I know, and, I, and believe me, I'm not saying that they can't win the Super Bowl. I'm not saying that at all because they can. Because like you said, they got Patrick Mahomes. And their right. defense has been better than it's ever been the whole time he's been there. So there are reasons to get behind the Chiefs. But I just, it, to me, it's the eye test. I watch him against Denver. I watch him against Green Bay. I watch them against these teams that, you know, I'm just like, eh, you know, eh. I just don't, I, I don't, right now, I don't see it. Maybe this time next week it changes. And they move right into the top four again, which is possible. We're all allowed to change our mind. All right, are we doing college or we just want to forget it? Let's just do college. college. All right, let's do college. Reed, lead us off. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm going to go. I, I, I made this shtick a, a couple weeks ago, but I'm going to stick with it because I believe in this one. And that is, uh, listen, I, I'm going to go the exact same way that the committee did it. I think the committee got it right. I think that, and I, I made this point multiple times yesterday. I'll make it again right here and right now. I think that both things can be true. I think the committee did get the four teams. Like, if that's how, exactly how I would do the top four. And also, Florida State has every right to be pissed off. They did everything they were supposed to do. They... They scheduled a, a powerhouse in LSU, beat them at a neutral site, went on and won their went undefeated in their Power Five conference and won their conference championship game. So they have every right to be pissed that they're not in it. Simultaneously, Alabama deserved it more. So I just think the system was so broken yeah. that uh, something inevitably was bad was going to happen. Yeah, and for my list, it's all about the eye test. Again, why play sports when we can just use the eye test, Tom? Last night the Bengals were ten point underdogs. Why play that game? Bengals had no chance. They had a backup quarterback. What can you really accomplish with a backup quarterback? So I'm going to go Michigan number one. They're the best cheaters in the land. We're going to go Florida State at two because they did all the necessary things they needed to, to win that conference. Uh, number three, we have Alabama. Sure, they can have it. Nick Saban. I, again, I think he's paying off the committee, uh, allegedly, but, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens. And obviously, Ohio State on paper, I test, they're the best team in the nation. There's no doubt about it. 
And I, I, I do like their chances without Kyle McCord because if they bring in another quarterback that's better than him, they might make a run at this thing. And since the committee only uses hypotheticals in general, that's what we'll just do. We'll just play the hypothetical game. Also, I had North Texas up there because if they had a little better season, they might have snuck in. Well, if their quarterback maybe didn't get Sure. Home. They were 5-7, and seven, maybe a little bit of a better quarterback. Maybe he had like Russell Wilson in there, prime Russell Wilson. He would have got the job done. Okay, that's fair. Uh, my top five, a little bit of a surprise maybe to some, maybe to some others, not a surprise at all. Number one, I had Michigan. Two, Washington. I, I think Washington's really good. I got Alabama three. They beat Georgia, and their resume is better than Georgia's of the teams that they beat this year. It's better. Ohio State's resume is better. Better strength of schedule, it's better than Georgia's. It's better than Florida State's. It's better than Texas. Texas at number five. But we know that only, what, one, two, three, four of those five are in the playoff. Ohio State not. Be interesting to see what happens in this portal thing, man. This is crazy stuff. Crazy stuff. Um, okay, we have a mailbag. We do. And by the way, everybody, please like the stream. If you're, if you're watching right now, I know Casey was telling people to dislike the stream earlier today. Don't do that. You want to like the stream. Well, the boss said that. I mean, why wouldn't the boss want to downplay the yeah, product? Seriously. It's sad. I mean, it's know, sad to it see is. what's going it's on sad. on that side of the room it's over sad. there. It's but sad. again, if you're watching right now, if you don't know how to do it, all you got to do is just go click the little likey-like over there. It's a thumbs up on the screen. That would help us out tremendously. And now, it's mailbag. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. We just got a letter. I wonder who it's from. Hi, everybody. Uh, if you're new to the show here, so what we do is we get a bunch of letters all throughout the country, um, and they send us in in droves. And today we have a letter. They ask us a question. They they really want to ask Tom a question. So this is uh, they do. Today Huh? This is yeah. for everybody. Well, answer. yeah, but this is really they really want to ask you. I mean, these are little second graders, and they want to ask you questions. So today's mailbag, uh-oh, this is a disaster. Uh-oh. Hold on. Oh, you Hold lost on. it. Hold on. Hold on. You lost it. <laughs> he he lost, he's he lost unable to read. Are you not he able to read the handwriting? Hold on. Hold hey, on. while he's yeah. looking, a uh, fun oh. stat on the portal. Uh, yeah, 50 percent 50% <laughs> of the kids that entered the portal last year that were at a Division One program did not find another Division One home. Yeah, which means they lose a scholarship. At a Division One level. They might have gotten a scholarship at a Division Two level. That's possible. But. Yeah. All right, I got it back. How about that? All right, okay. the mailbag. Uh, I misread it, I guess. Today's mailbag comes from sweet little Tommy, Tommy. Uh, from Mrs. Tuberville's class. Tommy and his buddies have been playing flag football at recess over the last several months. Tommy is the quarterback of his team, and his friend Billy Bob Thornton is a wide receiver for the team. Now, Tommy and Billy Bob, they run a play called Big Banana Spin Double Dap Triple X Hey Macarena. It's a sophisticated play where the quarterback throws a screen to a receiver, and then the receiver throws it across his body <laughs> over the middle of the field. It usually ends with an interception, but they run it because it's fun. Tommy noticed professional head football coach dialed up that exact same play last night in an NFL game where professional people do a professional job. Uh, he wants to know if you think he should uh, pursue legal action against Zach Taylor. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, I was just, yeah, I mean, he stole his play. That's uh, intellectual theft. It's like the Chinese. Right? <laughs> They're stealing everything. They're stealing everything, right? Oh my God. I tell Those you are your what, words, man. not my words. Those are your words. <laughs> little Tommy, little Tommy from uh, Mrs. Tupperville's class. Uh, you know what, guys? Keep running that play and fooling the others you're playing flag football. That's right. Like probably 10, 11, 12 years old, right? Yeah. Keep running grade, it. Sure. If it works, keep running it. That's right. For, for maybe the big boys, maybe not so much. Tom, how awesome would it have been if the Bengals ran that again? First play, they get the ball. 
in overtime. Just a double reverse pass. Reed kept saying it last night, and there were some play- to start the game last night was crazy. I, I was on Twitter and I was very angry because the first it se- three drives looked like we were gonna get smoked. It, it seemed like Jake Browning was literally just ro- dialing up the let's throw it f- how let's see how far we can throw it backwards and make something happen. I think there was they were playing like a little game. I honestly don't think it was trickery, like you said. I don't think it was like they were trying to outsmart him and kind of fool him like you're playing pool. Uh, you're not trying to hustle him. I think it was literally Jake Browning was just trying to get comfortable, and he was like, I'm just going to throw it backwards. I can't throw a pick if I throw it backwards, right? And I think that was the game plan. It was horrible. But when they started dialing up the double reverse flip throws, it was it was preposterous. Reed kept texting in our chat last night. <laughs> the game was on the line uh, in overtime, and Reed texts, should they dial up the double reverse flip pass? <laughs> <laughs> just preposterous. Zach Taylor, good job, though. You See, won. the thing is, is I, I truly do believe that that was part of the Bengals' game plan was to, to draw them in closer to the line, closer to the line of scrimmage. And the first eight passes were behind the line of scrimmage. Yeah. The first eight passes. You're telling me that wasn't their game plan was to draw in the defense? Smart. And it, it worked. I don't know if you can do that twice, though. I don't know if you can do that twice. If you're going to do it, though, do it when you're a 10-point underdog on Monday Night Football. Why not? They had nothing to lose last night, and, uh, and they were fantastic. Do we have a cherry on top or no? I do not have a cherry on top for you. The cherry on top is the spirit. It's the friends we made along the way. It's the friends we made along the way, Tom. I was pretty down on the Bengals. I'll admit it. I might have said some harsh words about Jake Browning. It reminds me a lot of Ian Jabot. It does it, a little and bit, I mean, actually. when they have well, Olympics, when they have, when they have flag football coming your way in the Olympics in the not-too-distant yeah. future, perhaps Jake Browning quarterbacks the English team. Yeah. And then you go back to this whole government. Uh-huh. Yeah. Tom, did you like my, my singing video last night? I didn't get to hear. No, no let's make that the cherry on top. <laughs> Please. While, while Casey's getting that, Elliot, we didn't talk about how Zach Taylor saved his job. You said that he would be fired if they went defeated for the rest of the year. If they went defeated the rest of the year. He won this game, so he's good. So he's got a job for next year. Congratulations, everybody, Zach. Here's the thing about Zach. Everybody knows he's a culture guy. He might not win a lot of games, but when it's time for Christmas and he has to throw a party, he's going to throw the best party you've ever seen. The spirit of that clubhouse is as high as it's ever been and that's why, because why do we have Taylor. to take this it's down so, today. it's, it's been a good day be so funny when the, if the Bengals only have like 180 yards of total offense next year we're yeah. right back on the fire zach taylor bandwagon now before casey does play this tom there's a couple little silly little curse words at the end of this so uh if, if there's a child near you uh cover their ears really just a, just a couple quick ones i was it was i was making a silly little video it was it was, it was uh, the heat of the moment okay Please let it rip our UDF uh, cherry on top today. From the attic, here's Elliot. From the car. Yeah, that's why the lights kept going off. Bengals win. What a spectacular victory. We're all the way back. And now, My Way by Frank Sinatra. And now, the end is near. And so I face the final curtain my friend i'll say it clear i'll state my case of which i'm certain the sub something do i've traveled each and every byway and more much more than this I did it my way. And what is up? God damn it, these lights. I'm trying to sing a fucking song in here. 
you know it's over. But I sang it. That's it. Everybody have a great night. That was fantastic. Thank you, Tom. You know, I got to tell you, you actually can sing. That was damn good. <laughs> you could be a croner. I mean, that was really good. Is that part of your background, singing? It is, actually. Why? But that, was, and that wasn't actually me singing. That was just mocking uh, a little bit of Frank Sinatra there. I thought you sounded great. Thanks, Tom. You should, you, a should get a, you should get a weekend gig. At Ruby's or the precinct, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Kroner I there. think Jeff Just, Ruby would like me there, yeah. singing my songs. <laughs> Can we point out that all he had to do was probably turn on his lights in his car? He probably had to push the button, and he he chose to just do the whole uh, "let's open the door and shut it" so we get that fifteen seconds of light that stays on, and then we'll open the door and shut it again Solid. in yeah, the middle of the song. Did you ever think about just turning the lights on in there? Here's what people don't get. I'm a man of comedy, and if, if those lights kept staying on the whole time, I don't have that great joke at the end where I'm upset about the lights. This is all a comedic bit with me. I'm just trying to outwit you, right. and I clearly outwit Trace right. there. So yeah. Trace lost. I egg won. Egg on Trace's face. Egg on Trace. I mean, <laughs> right. why would I keep the lights on and make a sane video when I could just be silly like that? That was big time. Thank you, Tom. That was big time. I enjoyed it. And, uh, and we've enjoyed uh, everybody today. Look, uh, it was the highest number of uh, people we had uh, inside the chat anyway. Uh, well over 300 today, 100 and some odd likes. We thank you all very much, and we sincerely mean that when we say it. Share the word about our show with others. You know, we do the best we can to sit around and talk primarily Cincinnati sports, not exclusively Cincinnati sports. Tomorrow we'll be talking with uh, Marty Brenneman. He joins us every Wednesday, so he'll be here right out of the gate tomorrow. Uh, we hope to be joined by Brian Billick as well tomorrow to talk about some of the issues going around the NFL, including all the injuries to the quarterbacks. And really, is there anything that you can do? Uh, Xavier plays tonight, and we're going to start ramping it up. Uh, we got to start ramping up for the Crosstown shootout. That's right. Big game. Big game. Got to get ready. UC's, this is UC's Let's year. On. Let's get Sean on. Who? Sean Miller. Who is that? You know what? I'm going to reach out to Tom Iser today. Okay. One of my favorite dudes in the world is Tom Iser. He has been the longtime sports information director at Xavier. I really like Thomas a lot. Great yeah. guy. Does a fantastic job. Um, and before you do that, do you want Casey and I to kind of wipe out some of the shows for the past several months? <laughs> <laughs> I think that might, that might help your case. <laughs> Just in case, you know, and again, we've never done it, but in case there was ever a joke about Sean Miller at some point. I've never heard it. Reed's never heard it. Nobody's ever seen it. But if there were, just in case, a little, little quip about Sean Miller, maybe I, I might have to go look and investigate. Like, what do these five guys, who's the outlier? Yeah, yeah, that one, that one's one. That, okay, that's just right. one. I guess I forgot about that one. Okay, all right. Well, just one time. Don't forget about any of them. <laughs> we might need some help. Uh, Casey, Trace, Zebra, Reed, well done today. Uh, Coach's clicker, Kyle's clicker is today at 5.30. Mm -hmm. So he's going to break down on film, game film, coaches film, uh, the Bengals v. Jaguars last night. I believe Kyle is coming into the studio this Friday and will be joining us in person. He's coming into town to preview the Bengals v. Indianapolis Colts. So we're looking forward to that. we got a lot going on this week. It's a great week. Uh, and and, and, and we got to ramp up for another Bengals game. I mean, here we are on a Tuesday, and tomorrow we got to start talking about the Colts. So this is good stuff. We thank everybody for joining us here today. We hope you come back tomorrow. Have a great day.